On this week of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, there's Moose Talk, why you shouldn't run untested items on something as important as the Tour of Idaho, motor diagnosis, um, there's Silma on this week's show, also with a pre-recorded sound from Jason Thomas. So stay tuned. Live from Pahrump, Nevada, the Valley of the Dirt People, it's Tech Talk Taco Tuesday with your hosts, Jimmy Lewis and Logan Tyler. Live? Now you are. Now we're live. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, what's the audio intro? The, the one we used last week. Oh. Yeah. I don't remember. Erica's friend? Oh, yeah, that yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Did we get, did we get the, the new one? The new S- one? Same one? I, di- I didn't see the new one yet, no. Yeah. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Um, this is Logan Tyler. Yep. And there's a, there's a hat on the chair next to you. Yeah, there is. I'm Jimmy Lewis. And uh, this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Put the hat on. This, this early in the show, really trying to get the uh, yeah. three million followers. Right. We got. I've got a lot of stuff. Actually, I need to send a text message out about this too. Okay. Um, so this is the show where you answer your motorcycle, motorcycle-related questions in all seriousness. The show is de- dead serious. Try to keep it on the on the level playing field. But Logan was a bad boy this week, so we don't have a dunce hat. It was just usually for, we thought it was all about getting ratings. That didn't work. So we're going to go with the whole new scheme to get more ratings. Um, and it isn't you wearing the hat. That's, this, this, is, this is a punishment, not a reward, by the way. Uh, we're going to talk about why Logan has to wear that hat in a little bit, little bit longer. And we're going to try to get to the bottom of this because I like to investigate things. I like to, I like to be presented with the facts. And I still don't know where we stand with this whole thing. I'm, I'm a little bit confused. Which is normal, but it's more confusion than usual. Uh, Matt, how are we doing? Doing good. Uh, I'm still adjusting the audio because uh, you are a little hot. Okay, I, I've touched nothing since that intro. I can. I'll take. I'll touch something right over here. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Uh, well, Ricky Brayback. Yeah, he's in the chat. Well, I know he's probably done riding. He's been riding for like three weeks straight or something, and I think maybe he had a day off. I don't know. Haven't talked to him. Uh, maybe. Yeah. We're but we're gonna go do rally training like next week, so it's it's game on, <laughs> no no rest. Uh, so we have a lot of questions that we source from different places. But hey, here's how you can support this show. By the way, as a matter of fact, um, if you click through on dirtbiketest.com, that's the website that this is all affiliated with. Um, that's real easy. It's just dirtbiketest.com, just like the name says. You go there, and if you go to any of our fresh dirt stories down at the bottom of the story, there's always an Amazon link. If you click that, that's what's keeping the lights on on the website. Uh, the lights on this are only being kept on because of my off-road riding school because I actually needed to have a studio to do the podcast with those, so I subsidized the uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday thing with that. Lucky Logan works for cheap. Um, I, right now I think he's working for negative. I showed him, <laughs> my, I showed him my tax bill. Um, a couple weeks ago and and explained to him the two little line items on the schools. I don't have any children, so indirectly I'm supporting your education. Uh, and I try to teach you something every week on the show, hence why you're wearing the dunce cap. And uh, other than that, um, we're going to have an affiliate program with a uh, with a uh, another sponsor here pretty soon. So when you go buy your motorcycle parts, um, all of the ones that I recommend here, I just say, just go buy this and buy that. Cause I'm just a shill for all these companies. Uh, when I become that shill, you just use these links and then we'll get a small, 
a small chunk of that. So things are going good. But uh, longtime helpers of the show, uh, Climb. Climb makes uh, super awesome gear. I'm sure everybody's aware of that. Uh, we have DDC sprockets. Um, anytime I wear out a stock chain and sprocket, I call up uh, Nate at DDC and replace them with those because then I never have to replace at least the sprocket again. And I have a lot of motorcycles running those uh, sprockets currently. Um, Taco Moto has uh, been helping us out. He's been helping us get these uh, converted from this awesome visual format you're so used to seeing um, put onto the uh, internet as podcasts. And uh, I do want to thank Taco Mike personally for bearing with me earlier t- this evening. <laughs> oh, was he trying to? Oh, you guys were we were trying to get connected yeah. um, in in another way on the digital sphere. I, I was hey, jealous of the place that he went to for tacos, though. Why did you hear people like dying? No, no. He sent me a picture of where he went to, and it, there, it's a really good spot. Were there dogs barking? No, no dogs uh, barking. Because that's how you tell a good taco shop. Because their dogs are out there barking, to, you know, because they want to get in, and that means you're not eating them. So just mm-hmm. a word for the wise. Yeah. Um, so Logan uploaded his um, segments uh, for uh, Taco Mike, and I, I heard I heard there was dunce cap worthy moments in this right matt yes yes uh logan so we have code we have a code for you You need to decipher this code so i I need to know what ttt number 63 asdf means uh is that like the title that i forgot to change that was the title you forgot to change so yeah and you uploaded it i didn't i wasn't sure if that one actually uploaded oh yeah So this is remember this is like when when all this stuff goes out to the world, you know everybody else and they see that. Um, I look dumb. I look like I let that slide. Mm-hmm. So so, but at least now you look dumb and you're yeah. paying for it. So okay, that's that was one thing. That's only that's a, that's a small thing because because Matt went and fixed it. Good good boy, Matt. Yeah yeah. You didn't do anything <laughs> bad yet. Um, yeah. So let's let's drop right into the questions. <laughs> so uh, we got some good ones. The uh, the way to ask questions on the show is uh, we always put up a Facebook post just before the show, a few hours before. That's where we go to for the first questions that we're going to answer right now. Then we kind of scour our YouTube um, comments and stuff to grab the rest of them. And of course, you can always ask them live. So we have a chat room going and all the different formats. We kind of collect them all and put them up and every once in a while those will flash up on the screen you get to see what everybody else is saying like you can right probably <laughs> you can do it right now yeah, yeah, yeah that would be a great time to do that it's already it's already been up there yeah, yeah. but how who can read that what if you're looking at it on your phone just make it the whole screen the like whole screen? Blo- we don't need to see me and logan anymore there look at that that's our chat yeah, if you're li- if you're listening to this everything i just said didn't make any sense at all um uh, but uh that's the way this works so uh, question number one is uh, – so you can ask in that chat, and we will generally get to your question by the end of the show. The first ones go straight – you know, the, the good ones uh, go right to the thing. Like Jesse just commented, and Jesse's a regular viewer of the show. Don't worry, Logan, a lot if Jimmy's articles have misspellings. And uh, that comment has a misspelling, and I read it exactly the way that Jesse said. Don't worry, Logan, a lot if – he should have meant – he's meant to say of, a lot of – Jimmy's articles have misspelling. So, uh, Jesse, we're all in the same boat, bro. <laughs> uh, Mike Warren asks this question. He sent a picture of his really sweet 94 YZ250. He said, not for Roost and Endo, really. Maybe he was really trying to get in. But my 94 YZ250 is pretty stock except for bibs, handguards, pro-circuit pipe, and silencer. 
He should have used some commas in there. I would have been able to read it better, right, Logan? Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're how are you doing in English? Doing okay? I got a ninety three right now. Right pretty on. Good. Okay. What about math? Mike's question is, what could I do to make it a little bit better? Um, he says. I was there about V-Force reads. He was thinking about V-Force reads. And so that's a really good modification for any two-stroke is reads. Um, there's basically, yeah, there's a few different options, but the main ones are there's stock, there's Boysen, and then there's V-Force. And in my experience with most bikes, the, um, the, the V-Force tend to uh, smooth the bike out ever so slightly but just make it kind of a little, little better throttle response. Um, it's, it's more responsive, which people say is, feels like less hit, i.e. smoother. But in reality, it actually, to me, gives it more hit. But that's what those do. The boys and reeds actually give the bike more hit. And, and a, it seems like, on, in, especially on some of their reed setups, more power kind of pronounced in the mid-range. So... More of a like a I would call it like a an aggressive power band with the with the boysen where the where the V force tend to spread it out, and so um, the pro circuit pipe and silence and I do remember this from those years uh, the 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 pro circuit stuff actually was let me get this let me get this straight because it's it's the the, the pro circuit and FMF were like the opposite. One was one was always smoother, and then one was always snappier. And then you go to to four stroke stuff, and it was the exact opposite. Don't know why those characteristics came through, but I'm pretty sure that at, at that time, uh, the pro circuit two stroke stuff tended to be a little bit more snappier. So if you're looking for more snap, it would go really good with the Boysen. In all honesty, um, if you're looking to kind of smooth that out a little bit, I would go with V Force, and that is a uh, um, a really good modification. It's a, it's a, it's one that's kind of often overlooked and, uh, be prepared to do a little bit of jetting, um, kind of usually on the pilot and the needle clip position to get it working, uh, just perfect. So yeah, that's the, uh, that's the answer to that one. You want to handle the next question, the long one, Logan? Cause yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting kind of thirsty. Um, hello, my son and I attempted the tour of Idaho we had to retire on eight, day eight because of two moose failure, failures for our learning. We're trying to nail down why. We probably will use them again. Okay, hopefully not the same mooses. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna, they want to use mooses again. You know what's really awesome is, is Logan, look at this. You, you, look like, you look like just a giant talking taco. Yeah. That's good. Keep reading. Head, um, head down. We are assuming the main reason they broke down was the heat we rode in the first three days. It was 98 the first day, 103 the second day in the desert, and 95 in the third day. Another thing I think hurt us was the added pavement miles because of the all the, clo- the fire closures this year. We don't have that much exposure experience with bibs, but... After talking to Mike Knight and ben, Brett Carlson, we bought some. They both finished the tour on one moose last year. We never rode faster than 50 throughout the, our attempt and bought the sizes from Nitro Moose's website. 
these swab and salmon put on new tires and tons of lube on day five. The original tires and mooses were put on in Brisselton Brisel Brisel Low by Brisselton Low <laughs> Power Sports. Oh, oh, I hope I hope Martin's watching this show. But what, what, how are we going to pronounce that again? Um, Brisselton Low. Sound it out, bro. Come on, we're going to get this one. Uh, Poca Cello. There we go. Pocatella. There we go. <laughs> Somebody notify Martin. Uh, put a timestamp. Put a timestamp on that. <laughs> this is good. Uh, with tons of lube. In hindsight, we should have put just put tubes in at Salmon, which is the halfway point. We could couldn't get more mooses at the time because anyone. Everyone was sold out. Are we missing something else? In f is fifty miles an hour on pavement too fast? Thanks in advance, David and Scott Green. Okay, so David actually was really good all day today. We were kind of going back because I had some further questions, which I'll kind of get into this. But I'm gonna I'm gonna roll back into just, and this is where you can learn something here. Everybody can learn something from this. You're gonna invest, um, you know, eight nine days. 10 days into going on a ride and I'm going to try something brand new on my motorcycle that I have no experience with. This is the root cause of the failure. My wife taught me root cause uh, analysis because that's what she does for her job all the time. So now I like to throw that around because it makes me sound smart. Right, Logan? Yeah. Yeah. So never use, never ever use something you're unfamiliar with if it's untested. This is, this is probably the biggest Thing where I see failures in people's rides, races, stuff like that. Test it before you need it. And I know a lot of times we don't have you don't have that much time to to, to go out and test something. But if you're going to make this big of an investment in time, um, you know, plan accordingly and don't switch up what you know. So it, in that essence, tubes. If that's what you're familiar with, and you don't have tube quote failures, and you know how to fix the tube failure, um, that would have been kind of the go to. So. And I'm, I'm not I'm not faulting him for trying because he may have asked me for advice earlier and said, hell yeah, run mooses. I would. These days, I would. When I did the tour seven, six, whatever years ago, the only reason I didn't use mooses is I had not had consistently repeatable 14, 1500 mile usage on a single moose in a single tire at that time that, that wasn't um, – I mean I had that many miles – but they all had like an asterisk next to them. I mean, I was testing something specific and it wasn't similar to what I was going to be doing. So um, like right now, I would have told him the exact same thing. Yeah, take the, you know, run run the moose. But so here we're going to start going down the, the steps where we ended up. Uh, 98, 103, 95. Has it been lower than those temperatures at all out here in the last month? No, I have mooses in all my bikes, and I've been when I've been riding them, I've been riding them because it's too hot to do tight technical stuff. I've been going faster, riding higher speeds, you know, like from here back to prim and back and stuff. And uh, the heat isn't really that the, the ambient temperature, the outside temperature, isn't really that much of an issue. Whether it's eighty or one hundred and ten, I don't think it's that big of a 
of a a real deal in the in the grand scheme of things. So I wouldn't go and blame the temperature. Um. So the the other thing is fifty throughout. You never went faster than fifty. Eh, I'm not worried so much about the speed either. I mean, I would go. I would give you up to seventy. I would say just don't go over seventy especially on dirt roads where the tire is like constantly spinning, like on a gravel road where you're just spinning it because that generates a lot of heat. I would be more worried about you going 55 slamming desert hoops, which there aren't very, very, very few on the tour of Idaho um, or, or, you know, spinning it a lot uh, that, that would cause, you know, some, some kind of premature wear, excessive wear, more wear than normal. But in normal dual sport riding, we're not doing, not hitting that kind of stuff. So it's, I'm not so worried about the speed. The speed isn't, um, isn't going to be that bad. Although that's one of the things that that's a way you can get it to fail, but it usually takes a lot of excessive high speed and just the tire never getting a chance to kind of cool down. So I'm not, I don't think 50 was kind of your thing. So the question I started asking him and he said, you know, I was kind of surprised. Like, why did you put a new tire? Why did you change the tires? Like when I did the tour, I started on the same tires I finished on. I had tubes in them and, and they were still good for a few days. They would have, they would have survived. I mean, once they get to a certain wear level, they kind of stop wearing. And I mean, they were bad. Don't get me wrong, but they had a little bit of life in them. But so I wouldn't have changed my tires halfway through, especially if they were mooses, because we all know what a pain in the ass a moose for most people is to change. And then I asked the question, like the big question. He said that he said they they lubed him up, and the guy the guy was all dirty and messy. I'm like, what did he use for lube? Because I know what tire shops use. They use like oil soaps. They they use because that slips the tire over the bead very effectively, and then becomes sticky, and and essentially. It's not like it's not like a specific moose lube, and I think I've said a few times, you know, on this show and I, in in some of the videos and stuff, use the lube that they send with the moose because it's formulated to work with. So I suspect when you got the nitro mooses, you installed them with the lube that they sent, which is good. And what do you think? It was Murphy's oil soap that was put in his moose. So there, that's what really caused your failure. Because, well, not only it just it it it, it absorbs into the moose a little bit, and because he, he sent a picture of the mooses and they're 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 destroyed. They're on the sides. They're all kind of cut and mm-hmm. and yeah, and uh, the, they're uh, also very clean. Yeah, yeah. Here's the moose. <laughs> yeah, we have a picture of the moose on there. You know, it's this is cover you and Logan, but so yeah, that's okay. It looks better than my head. Um, <laughs> That there's there's a you know essentially the moose has started to kind of break itself uh, apart and you can see the center is actually still good. Usually when mooses go bad from heat, they go from the inside out. And this one, so that tire basically that that lube ran out, it dried out, and then the friction from the from the tire started eating up eating up the 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 moose. So, and he also said he he said he saw them really lube the moose up, but. When, and when I do a moose, and he'd watched my moose changing video, I put all the lube inside the tire. I hardly lube the moose up at all, even though they tell you to do it 50-50. I put it all in the tire because I know it's in there. Because a lot of times when you push that tire in, it, it especially on a good tight-fitting moose, which was my next when, – when he when he told me, if he had told me, hey, they put you know, you know, know real moose lube or the proper stuff in there, a petroleum-based um, you know, moose lubricant, 
uh, I was going to go silicone-based, yeah. So, uh, But they're petroleum a lot of times, not petroleum. But he uses silicone. He used, yeah. Well, I know. Well, it depends. There, there's, different, there's different stuff in different moose loops. So, I'm talking about uh, Nutex. It's a silicone-based, yeah. So, so when, when, when I put it all in the tire, and then, when I, and then when I get the tire in there, there's usually enough that, that kind of uh, you know, comes out, that spreads out around it, and then I, I use that to lube the, 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 the part that's kind of going to touch the rim. Uh, and or if I need to add some more if it seems kind of dry. But even when you pop that mousse down at that point, uh, it will wipe a lot of that off. So I'll actually put it in the dish of the rim. I'll put some lube in the dish of the rim just to kind of keep everything lubed up. And I don't have moose failures. I just they don't happen very often. Um, and I have tested <laughs> for the sake of testing. I've, I ran out of lube and I put, I used to use a long time ago, like in the early days of moose, we used to use the Murphy soap, but I just recently had, I ran out one day and I needed some and said, I knew it was going to come off pretty quick. So I went ahead and put it on the Murphy soap and, and it worked okay for the one or two rides that I put on that one. I popped it out and I said, okay, I'm going to keep testing this. So I actually put it in there and I put it in without having the rim really covered up and I put water in there. I added water into the into the rim. This is what I do. This is how I find this stuff out. When I pulled it off next time, it was bone dry inside, and it had started to. So that water rinsed it rinsed it out, or it helped helped it um, do whatever water and soap does absorb in. So, uh, grand scheme, I think that that you know, so that that's kind of one of the the things that was a that was a problem. Um, and then, so the next question was, if, if that had been, I said, did you make sure that you had the right size mooses and were they kind of, if you're going to do that length of time on there, I would put a little bit bigger one in. I would, like we do, like if you saw the size of the mooses they shove in the rally tires on the rally bikes, how big of a thick of a moose it is when they pop those things in there, that's why they can last because they need, they don't need them, you know, squirming around and they don't want that tire slipping on the rim either. So, um Man, I'm I'm bummed, uh, uh, David and Scott, that your uh, tour went a little bit south. Uh, but um, yeah, I I I'm sitting here thinking if I ran if I ran nitro mooses, knowing what I know now, knowing what the experience that I have, or Michelin mooses for that matter, I'm wondering if I would even carry a tube, you know, just a single front tube to prevent the the problem. So, um, yeah, that's. Uh, that's that's what I would do. Sound good, Logan? Um, question? Oh, you, you, he's got a question? Your dad's got He's raised his hand? Yeah. I don't you don't just blurt out like Bob does. Not yet. Okay. A set of mooses and new tires cost about 400 to $450. Yes. A s- extra set of moose lube is $3.99. How much? $3.99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra set, you know? Right. So, so you can overlube. So we're looking at the how, price to overlube and have the right stuff. How much are we possibly saving with... Tire soap. I don't think I, I don't think at that point I don't so the question is like were we saving any money, money with, tire, with soap. tire soap? I don't think it was it was saving money. I think it was what was on supply and what the tire shop was used to doing. And and you know, it it will kind of get the job done. And maybe that's why people are so afraid of going fast because they have moose failures and they go, Oh, it's because I went too fast. And I'm like, no, it's probably because of what you what you put in it. And I get I get these kind of questions all the time, and and I but that's why I ask questions back. I didn't go right away and go, oh, it's going too slow. And this is this is going to get me to another thing I want to talk about um, later. I want to talk about um, 
I want to talk about some of the groups, the the group pages. Remind me to do this. Put it on the on the thing, Logan. I want to talk about the group pages uh, that that offer advice. <laughs> the, 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 oh. the the free with the with the with the Mister Know It All and the, the uh, yeah yeah the Mister Know It All and the guy the guy that's always first to raise his hand and you know that sits in the front of the class and always kind of spurts out an answer. I'm going to tell you why this is bad and why we should maybe police this a little bit better, at least in our, in our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to work in the real world because I mean, you know, I really, what, everybody wonders what I do all the time. Uh, besides when I'm not riding motorcycles, I'm usually on the internet's giving out medical advice, psychological advice and political advice. So next question. So, uh, I don't know okay. if we want to move on to the next question, but oh. there was actually some good questions in the chat about okay. pertaining to this. Okay, let's go. Uh, so, David Green. Yeah, first off, David Green said, "Think a uh, good thing to know." Um, let's see what. So Jesse Grant, what is the percentage of on and off road that is safe for a moose? Only reason I don't get one is because I don't want to worry about it falling apart if I have to do a lot of road riding. I I don't think it's a percentage thing. I think it's kind of like a it's kind of like a feel. If you're just if you're riding on the road, I th- I think it would be over speed limit so we're talking you know like on the highway you know over speed limit 70 or 80 miles an hour uh for long periods of time and and long enough to because i think the heat will slowly build up but it also cool down relatively quick to you know compared to its fail temperature it's it's hard for it to get into the fail zone i mean you you really have to you really have to push it so it I just don't see if if you're going to ride the interstate for fifty or sixty miles at seventy miles an hour, I'd I'd be a little concerned. I would say, okay, that's probably not the the best thing. Would I do it once? Yeah. Would I do it like every time and expect the moose to last? Well, you're you're not gonna you you shouldn't be running a knobby at that point either. <laughs> you should probably be running a a street tire or something. So, uh, yeah, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a percentage. I think it's um. It's just it's kind of just by by feel, and if you have to do that much road riding, you know, consider tubes. I guess. Uh, another good question was from Todd Kelly. Is he was asking if it's normal to see some of the lube coming from the bead while out on a ride? Oh yes, yeah. I mean, I mean that stuff. When you have enough in there, it'll try mm-hmm. to get out every place. And like when you, you know, when you actually do some pretty hard hits, even on a nice straight rim, it'll squeeze out. It'll squeeze out the side. It'll like pressurize. I mean, it'll try to come out the spoke nibbles. It'll try to come out of your your rim lock if you have that. Um, if you don't have your your valve uh, stem seal uh, sealed up properly, a lot of times I still have the valve stem seal. I, I cut a tube out and leave it in there so I can bead the tire through that um, through that thing. I love to watch Logan and George and uh, Jim try to fill up, try to air my tires up on some of the rental bikes that have this. I had to start spray painting them so they knew that that, that wasn't one to check because it had a moose because like sometimes the stickers fall off, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, lube coming out is, is pretty normal. Any other ones there? Uh, that was pretty much it for the, for yeah. the moose. Uh, everything else is stuff we can come back to later. Yeah, I think, like I said, David, he says, yeah, they're kicking themselves over not um, bringing a spare tube. And and like I said, I, I think just on, the, on to air on safety, you know, put a put a, a twenty dollar tube in your it's it's space at that time. It's not parts. It's just having space and then and then a method to pump up that tube. And I have this. That's actually a nitro moose thing that they make. It's a little tiny pump. It's about this big. 
that you can, you know, and you can achieve pressure. It takes a long time, but it doesn't take that much space when you're on something like the Tour of Idaho. Because you're essentially, for those that don't know, you're kind of 10 days sort of, you know, pretty much self-supported with very little um, places to uh, get things like that. And if you get a flat tire out in the middle of nowhere, you've got to fix it out in the middle of nowhere. So, um, okay, next one. Um, red C63AMG. Considering either this or the KTM, but, but 500s are in very short supply, how much performance, if any, would the average rider feel with a 350 instead? About 17 horsepower. Just guessing. If it's stock. I mean, but then if you've done the ECU mods, you know, then, then it could be uh, plus five to seven horsepower in either direction, depending on... Isn't this the question we have? Oh, no. <laughs> We're just talking about... Um, the the um, the average rider would probably not feel any performance difference if we're talking about power. This is where you're going to say, Jimmy, how, do, how can you say this? Well, because generally you need a certain amount of horsepower to achieve what you're going to do, and both of those bikes will deliver that amount of horsepower, right? It, it, except for when you want to show your friends how fast your bike is, you know, then the 500 will produce a little bit more. But for normal riding, under normal situations, they're both going to produce adequate power. The one advantage the 350 really has is in weight feel. It feels 20 to 30 pounds lighter at any time you are riding the bike, except for when it falls over and it lays on the ground. Then when you pick it up, it only feels the, what is it, seven pounds or the difference between? Two? They're, no, they're, they're more than, they're, they're only two pounds apart in weight? Yeah, two or three pounds. 350 and 500. Uh, I haven't checked the specs lately. So you will feel exactly the difference that they tell you they weigh in the scale when you're picking it up off the ground. But you should never do that. So the 99% of the time when you're riding it, the 350 will feel a lot lighter. Now, when you're riding it and you just whack the throttle, the 500 will feel, you know, a little bit more robust. It'll pick up at a lower RPM and pick up. You can achieve the same thing by just riding at a slightly higher RPM in the 350 if you want to, but usually you don't need to. You do not need the kind of power that a 500 puts out completely, completely stock. So, um, I, I didn't, I thought the three, I thought everything was in short supply, 350s as well. So, um, I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a good question though, but I, there, it's when I, I, ride them back and forth intermittently you know and i mean for the more desert stuff i mean i really i do i do like the torque and the 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 ability to let the 500 chug down at lower rpms and like where i went in that ride i showed you the other day up in the i was on a 500 Mm -hmm. and and just and it was just wonderful although it's a beast when i started having to hop over logs and and pivot turn and all that stuff like that it feels like it feels like a 500 but it can do it i probably would have been better on a I was saying, I was kind of asking myself, should I have taken the 350 for this ride? Because I didn't really expect to go. There was sort of by, I just said, oh, guess what's up in front of me? I'm going to go ride there. <laughs> and I went, and, uh, you know, I ask myself all the time, oh, wouldn't that have been a better bike? And wouldn't it, and it's like, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just happy on what I'm on. So, uh, man, I hope, I hope Red C63 AMG, I hope you can get the bike of your dreams, whatever size it is. So, um, I forgot what the, uh, the recluse. Hey, you know, we, we, we actually were going to have a special guest on this show. Are we ready for this, Matt? You're able to pull this off? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can pull it off pretty easy with the click of a button. Good. And that's that's why you're the professional over there. Has the feed dropped yet? No, it has not, actually. It's been it's been good. That's good. Yeah. Um, so so we were going to have a special guest on this show, but yeah, his schedule got a little bit tied up. So we actually pre-recorded a, a – a, we were going to just be a little segment. And we ended up uh, talking about helmet safety. And so uh, grab the fly helmet down there, Logan, one of them. Uh, I got a hold of Jason Thomas, who is the – he's the fix-it um, – uh, what, do, what do you call himself? Make connections with. He was like the brain manager and get in front of. Get in front of problems. Yeah, that's kind of is kind of what he said. Which really, this isn't a problem. You actually kind of helped me out because I've just been wearing this the Fly Formula helmet a bit. Um, we got one with a set of gear, and I've heard a lot about it. And I wanted to know a little bit more about some of the helmet safety stuff that they've got built into this this helmet. Uh, I have experience with the Climb helmet with the Coroid. I mean, firsthand experience first head experience i would like to say uh and a lot of the other stuff and i haven't had a chance to use this yet you know use the helmet i've worn the helmet but i haven't used it i don't want to never want to but uh i've heard him talk on other podcasts and just doing some of his his work i've heard him talk about he's one of the few like brand guys that actually talks openly about all the stuff and and it had a really bitching discussion uh, and we will get this uh, uploaded, but here's a little excerpt um, that you can see from uh, when we were talking this morning. A little preview. Right. So inside so, the helmet, yeah, you have these um, these Rion energy cells, right? So there are, I believe, seven inside the, just in, below the liner of the helmet that are embedded into the Conehead EPS system uh, of the carbon formula has Conehead EPS. So the the beauty of Rion when it really comes down to it is ultra lightweight, which is incredible, right? That's how we get such a lightweight helmet. Uh, the, you know, the carbon that's just to your left there is 2.79 pounds. It's incredibly light, especially when you factor in that it has to pass DOT, uh, which we, so we have to reinforce the chin bar and things there too. Yep. Um, but this, the magic really is, you know, for a helmet, you're trying to accomplish two goals. You're trying to, uh, slow down a, any sort of linear impact and absorb that energy. And then, of course, the rotational that we all learned, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, how critical that was, was to be able to disperse that rotational energy. You, so you, you want it, you want it to rotate a certain amount. Sure. Correct. Yeah. Right. Well, you just want to be able to allow the energy to be deflected uh, instead of transferred into your brain. Right. So yep. the helmet and the energy, if you're if whether regardless of the system you're using, if the helmet or the material inside the helmet can slide and rotate a minute amount, that is going to absorb the energy. That's going to let that impact be shifted away from you and absorb in that, in that slide or movement, uh, which is the real material actually moves itself. Uh, instead of that, instead of your brain moving inside your skull, that that's in a big, in the, you know, most concise nutshell you can make, right. Is if the material moves and the helmet slides, Versus your brain sliding inside your skull, you're yep. accomplishing everything you'd want to. And coming back on. So that's a little bit of what you're gonna uh, see in our interview that we'll upload. And I, I mean, I learned a bunch, and we talked a little bit about you know some of the the helmet testing we did back at um, in Dirt Rider days, which I can't remember because I've hit my head uh, since then. And then uh, I started thinking it might be actually a good idea for me to wear a helmet on this podcast. Now, just in case I say something wrong and Logan starts hitting me because he's getting a little bit bigger, but you do look—you look really special in that in that hat, by the way. Just like, should we get into the should we get into the hat, Logan? The the reasoning second reason for the hat. 
Uh, I guess. Get it okay. over with. Why don't you hold up your prize, your trophy? Oh, this one? Yeah, I'm glad that this hold is it up the... To the camera. Oh, you thought there was some... Is there something else that I'm going to learn about? Logan, I thought there was. Oh, you yes. thought there was. There you yeah. go. Yeah, there. I didn't know anything, so I was assuming that I'd... So you know how we tell you on this show that, like, um, we repeatedly say that every single um, brand new bike you buy, regardless of brand, will blow up and... Um, it, they're going to break. They're just, they're designed to blow up. Uh, well, Logan actually managed to, um, achieve this goal. He tried, he tried pretty hard and I, so that is a head off of a, of a 2020 KTM 250 XC TPI. No, 300. 300. Oh, it's 300. Yeah. I thought you had two fifties. Okay. 300. Um, shows how much I remember. Uh, so the right when it <laughs> what was the first thing I said when you said it blew up? I said, did, did you run out of water or or did it just do something funny? So what what it, what did it do? I'm going to I'm going to ask you these questions. So. In goal, it ran out of water and then continuously ran on. So. I, so 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 you you were on the bike, although although so this is where it gets kind of confusing and we'll get to this. We'll just do the thing. So you're riding this bike. Yes. And you don't know that it's leaking water. No. Okay. And it you're going you're on kind of higher speed roads, kind of two track uh, stuff. For a bit. For a bit. And then you got into some slower stuff. Uh so the sing- slower stuff was at the beginning of it. Uh-huh. So it was It was running quarter fi- mile. It was running fine then. Yeah, quarter mile. It started Running on like ping ping after I shut the throttle. Right. That was the big red flag for that me. That was on. That was on the. Uh, that was on the single track. Yes. Okay. Hop on two track. Okay. Still. Wait. Okay. So it's it's doing something funny on the single track. Yes. And you didn't stop. Um, you felt at, it doing something funny. At that point, I thought it was me. Okay. Because I just was. I don't know. Wasn't okay. feeling it that day, and so okay. yeah, okay. So you weren't feeling and it, and so somehow you're you're. So the bike was picking up your aura, and it was like, it was turning that into detonation and run on. Uh, yeah, I thought I was just leaving the throttle on. Okay. Yeah. So, hop on the true track just because the single trail ends. Uh huh. And come kind of so shifting I'm, up through the gears. Yep. Did it did it go away, or you didn't know because you were always on it? Um. No. It it was not super high speed stuff. So it was on turn and then okay. get back on. So it was still doing it and it was How weird. many miles how many miles from the the single track now have we gone farther? Um one one and a half. Okay, one and a half miles, okay. So and then so I'm like, okay, try and figure out what's wrong. Is it loaded up? Try and clean it out. And I was <laughs> Okay. Uh-huh. Listening I listened to your uh, I think 300 um, W the 300 video something yeah right and you said something about whenever you get in high elevation <laughs> the the emissions thing that thing makes but it that lean. was on a that was on an earlier version and that was a that was a that's an update that's been since cured so I don't think it affects yes. your bike but n- so okay. I heard it so I was like worth a shot something's wrong try something so I turn the bike off. Right. Okay. Start back up. Does not start up. Oh. 
So I was riding with my cousin that doesn't really know the area. Uh huh. So I hop on my dad's bike that he was riding. Oh, you loaned, you loaned your new bike out to that guy again? Nephew, yeah. Oh, what a man! I wish I knew you when I was his age. <laughs> I could I could had better bikes all the time. <laughs> okay, okay. So 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 now you've hopped on a different bike. You left your yes. bike there with him. With him, he and, starts pushing it down the hill. Okay, you, and, and you went to go get, get help service or, and get, okay get cell service because you're out of cell service. Get right. a smarter brain to okay tell us what to do. Right, as in my dad. And, um, so I hear him behind me. So he pushed it for about a half mile and then it's, he tried it and started up. So it must've cooled down. Uh huh. And he rode it for a while going, we were going six gear, three quarter throttle. Okay. So he, so he caught you. Yes. So you were going six gear, three quarter throttle. Well, I was going six gear, half to a quarter throttle okay and he so, caught you yes so he was hauling ass yes okay on so, the bike that formerly wouldn't start but now it had managed to start yeah and run so it, yeah fixed itself like motor, motorcycles tend to do this all the time yeah so like just do you loose wire just jiggle it <laughs> okay so okay so here here we are so we start heading down the hill fast mm-hmm. adding heat so and then we hop on a trail he, oh, you went back to trail riding. No, You're gonna get no, back. Oh, no. Okay. No, we hop on. I hate to interrupt, but Jimmy, can you turn it down a little bit on your end? Okay. Turn it down. So we, um, we stay on two track for the rest. So and then, so we rode it for a while. He hops in front of me because the how trails. Many, how many more miles? Uh, from the the from the from him getting on the bike. How many more? How many miles have we put on it? Uh, five. Five more miles. Okay, of sending it. Got it. Yeah, ish. So I'm just assessing how durable this thing is. Yeah. At this at this point, yeah, yeah. So okay. So then motor goes kaput. So it goes blah. He was so he was he was on the bike. Okay. Yeah. So technically, you didn't really blow it up. No, no, I did not. I think I blew the piston for sure. Well, we so. Okay, so so any, anyways, and then it and then it's dead, and then now we're back to where we are now. Where, yeah. Where <laughs> I think it was blown up, and then it was. Up. I wouldn't call. I wouldn't call it. I would. I would. It's funny because when we so so this <laughs> I heard this story, and this is the first time I've gotten. Now I understand who was on the bike. Yeah. It when when it. I mean, I kind of heard that he was on the bike when it finally blew up, but I didn't mm-hmm. really hear how 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 hard he had to send it to really send it to where it went. Where it went now. So you have a good job. You make a lot of money. For me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, so he's not getting a paycheck the next couple of weeks, is he? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, so, so when Logan hold, held up the, the the cylinder head, what you saw was a hole in the top of the cylinder head, and he'll hold it up again here. So you're seeing it. it. It and I've never ever seen this before. In all in all honesty, this is the first time. There's a first time for everything. At least created this way. Usually, I've seen pistons break and do this, or a valve come off on a four stroke and go up and you know punch holes into like usually through the cylinder. In so this hole was into the water jacket. And so the the water all poured out at that whatever water there was. But when did you when did you add water? Because that's the part you left um, out of this story we just had. So we added water, the rest in our camelbacks when after it went kaput. After it went kaput. But not before. No. 
you might have saved yourself a lot of money had, had water been added earlier, I mm-hmm. think. Because so what happened is is there was no no way to cool the cylinder head other than just yes. through the metal. And with that little thin sheet, I bet you it was glowing red hot. You know when you heat something up and it gets glowing red hot, going red hot, and then it just yeah. goes and opens up, and, it, and that's what happened there. Um, it was probably just I, I I really wonder what it sounded like, like that sound. It, hopefully he's etched that sound into his head, so when he hears it again, he stops. Actually, if you even start getting close to that sound, because it's a horrible sound, like the the the, the, the sound it made before it did that. It should have been like running on like you were talking about and doing all this pinging and detonating. I don't think he was chalking the throttle. Like we hopped on a road and he passed me and it was pretty dead. Sh- no, no reason to hit the brakes. Uh huh. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it'll, 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 it'll ping and detonate. Like when, when that thing is that hot to, to start melting, it's actually, it's like a spark plug that's on the whole time. And so. It, it's so any fuel that's going in there is like catching on fire before it's actually compressed and comp- so it makes really yeah. horrible. I, I know this from I know this from experience and my experience with this was a was a little Yamaha JT60 that we that we hooked onto a go kart and we were able to simulate those kind of conditions, but it was air cooled, mm-hmm. uh, so it did it didn't have it didn't have a little thin head. It was really thick, but we could actually melt things inside of it and i so i became familiar with the sound because then i have to go and don't try this at home braze the piston back together because i was not capable of welding aluminum but i could gas weld and i brazed the piston back together multiple times to get this thing working so um this is when i was your age i was brazing pistons (laughs) so so that noise should so so this thing is a is a um you didn't. You didn't call the warranty department, did you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because everybody else would. I thought about act- swapping them with my three hundred. Oh, oh, and, and, and run, yeah, run, yeah, just drop the, just drop the top end on top of it and said, I don't know what happened here. It just stopped running. Yeah. Might work. I mean, we didn't talk about it on this show, and nobody listens. Like, there's, we have two viewers, so you can probably pull it off. Besides, anybody at a motorcycle shop wouldn't be paying attention to any good information like these days so. coming out. So, the, uh, well. Actually, did you put pictures on the internet yet and say this is what happens to your KTM 300? Like if you just go trail riding, because he was just going trail riding, mm-hmm. and this just happened. Mm-hmm. So, no, so when, so when the, so what we can't figure out though is we can't figure out where the how the how the radiator hose yeah. area uh, got got kicked or bent, and then, then if that's indeed where it was leaking the coolant from. Yeah. That, that I, I, yeah. I, so oh, they did come out of the lower left radiator. Yeah. So you're wearing the hat, Logan, for for not putting uh, for not putting water in the right at the beginning because that's probably mm-hmm. you know when it when it detonates and runs on that's that's a sign of overheating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then uh, for did you tell him to stay there and wait for you? Uh, no, I told him to. Well, I didn't tell him anything. He was the one. He made his own mind. He had the plan. Uh-huh. He said, "Go get service." Get someone with not a teenage or mind, <laughs> and um, that's a smart move. That is that is that is kind of a smart move to go you know go for help, but <laughs> and then he comes up rolling behind me. Hey, hey, do you think you'd want to come on the show and wear that hat for like an hour and a half just to make up for? <laughs> uh, no, no, probably not. No, okay. Why not? The hat's stylish. 
Hey, Chris Real says, just blame the oil. That's what I used to do when my bike seized all the time. So it's just you do what you do. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so we're we're gonna try because see now I'm really worried. You know how I used to loan you motorcycles all the time mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, Logan, ride this." It ain't happening no more. It's a long walk. <laughs> Bet you his stator probably looks better than mine. Yeah, oh, we'll get into you in a little bit, right? <laughs> it's like um, Bob's raising his hand. I'm, I'm just wondering if that kind of failure is from the fuel injection system having different because it's all different now than the carburetor as far as the where the, the, the gas it's, wall and the, and the flame front is. And, and I'm wondering if that's... If it, if it was... Are you saying it, it was maybe able to run longer because of the fuel injection kind of and get to that point? That, so so, so here's... Down. It's funny. Here's we, we talked about this earlier when it came in. I said, you know, there's a lot of cold air coming into that motor when you're running it like that. You know, it, it's it's actually pretty cool air. But it, it does turn into an explosion very quickly and then produce heat. But like that cool air might have been keeping that thing cool because the piston had very few scar marks on it. In fact, and when I looked at it, I bet you most of those scar marks on that cylinder and piston were from the debris that went down when that thing finally let go. And that's why I was asking about, hey, what speed was it going? How is it? How is it doing it? And and the other thing, so the first time, like when it stopped and it got so it said it wouldn't start, we were kind of surmising that maybe it had, it had, it kind of had um, had uh, uh, collapsed the rings. You know, it was probably so hot that they could have lost all their tension. You know, they just they 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 could have they could have uh, become very um, <laughs> rubbery, yeah, for lack of a better term. And but it also, I'll bet you, the fuel injection system couldn't figure out like it, you know it, at that point that that besides the cylinder head temperature gauge had melted it was a rub it was a piece of plastic goo <laughs> you know so maybe it wasn't even sending the right kind of signal maybe it went into some sort of a default where it was so hot it said hey we're not running you know or yeah, or, or it couldn't it couldn't actually get fuel into the motor it would actually like you know vaporize you know before it would get in there who know you know it's not work like it was supposed to because you think about where it's shooting it's shooting into the transfer ports and that's a really hot environment. At that point, it might have like, oh, yeah. it, it would it would like literally steam out before it could get combusted. You know, it's not a, it's no longer like an air fuel mixture. It goes in there and it sort of steams out and goes right out the exhaust port. So, mm-hmm. I, what, 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 I think injectors can get too hot to work too. Yeah, that's that's a possibility. I don't know all They're these things. I don't think this bike was designed to operate in this environment. You exceeded the the uh, design parameters of the vehicle at that point, Logan. So give yourself a round of applause. Uh, yes, Bob. So uh, did you ever admonish Logan to do what we used to do in the old days when we ran out of water and we reached down and turned the choke on and drove the thing on the choke? You know, it, it, where it was more ran out of water. You didn't have water in your bikes. They were air cooled, Bob. No, it's when we got the water cooled bikes and the water leaked out. Yeah, I, I I used to have a choke lever on my handlebars that, that I would on my one twenty five that I would pull when it was going wide open across valleys to just enrich in the the circuit to help keep it a little bit cool. So your um, gas mileage gets cut in half with the choke. Oh yeah. But it, it runs cool enough that it won't seize. Yeah, it, it'll cool it'll cool the bike down. It made it, it you could feel you could feel the bike after you let it let the choke lever back up, you could feel it like gain some power. Right. It would it would actually kinda cool down but but um Anyways, uh, so yeah, good job. <laughs> um, and so Matt, on the other hand, yeah, yeah, oh, Matt, here. I, uh, I can pull up an image of uh, of my my find. Yeah, so Matt here is Team Husaberg, by the way. Um, yeah. but he's he's only got a he's 
It's, it's only a 300. That doesn't deserve a bell. Come on, guys. Well, mine doesn't deserve a bell because, well. It doesn't when, really when run I, right now. Well, when I was Logan's age, I was uh, not the best at maintenance. And uh, I'm paying for that now. Yeah. yeah well, well it, it, it ran it, it, ran, it ran over here. It's just. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. It, it runs, but it's like kind of a. It's just a, it's kind of a shame. I mean, I'm perpetually scared that it's going to stop running every time it's every time I ride it. So he took the advice that we had in the last show. He had this he had this dream of a of a full frame and and rebuild. And I know what he's thinking in his head. He's thinking, oh, you know, paint the frame and get new plastic and put graphics on it and some blingy parts and all this stuff. And it's like, well, it's got to run. Let's start with the well. The, the, the running the running the, comes with with the the rebuild yeah but that's not what you were thinking i and i know no, I, I know no, this you were no, thinking i wanted to start from the ground up you Jared, wanted, i want to do what i did with that 125 yeah you wanted a, a you wanted a, a beauty queen a garage queen you wanted something that was just really just is, is there is there anything wrong with that uh your pocketbook and, is, and, and it was gonna get you know over time yeah yeah and and no well yeah then you wouldn't have a bike for like six months we i want to i want to get you on a riding bike and and then and then fix the problems because if you run into something so we're so we're into so go ahead and throw the stator up yeah yeah and yeah. this was this is so this was part of the thing this was an unexpected thing that we found when we started going through this and this is what you will find when you start doing rebuilds I mean good good on you for rebuilding it but it's like the stator has gotten so hot at some point that it's cooked all of the the coating off of the windings and it's funny because I remember about five years ago. When all of a sudden Matt says, my battery isn't charging anymore. <laughs> I remember this. And, I don't actually. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, well, why isn't it charging? And he's like, he's like, oh, I, I don't know. And, and like, well, does it start? And he goes, no, the starter doesn't work. I'm like, so what do you need the battery for? And it was like, he's like, well, the lights don't run because he had a nice headlight on it and all this. this is, there's some other stuff. And, and it was like, okay, let's find the problem, which actually didn't occur. And this is what we ended up with. And I, I'm kind of confused as how this happened. I could see, okay, the voltage regulator, something went wrong with the voltage regulator, but we don't we don't have a way of checking this right now. Uh, that maybe there was something going wrong with the battery where it was somehow because the 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 one the one or two uh, uh, coils that are in charge of the ignition are still good. They they're cool, but all the ones that provide power to the battery or power to the the power of the system are bad so this is a this is an uh, item that needs to be replaced and it's just going to start it's just going to start you know adding up but at the end we're going to have we hopefully will have a very nice running motorcycle and then we can work about work on making it pretty and so mm -hmm. the second phase was this was the one side of the motor the other side we knew there was some issues with the clutch yep. and uh there were some issues with the clutch yes yes uh the the dampers were the dampers and the thing were it has a Henson basket in it. It's it used to. We took it out, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we never could get it to work right. Like I even had you try come over and try to help me get it because yeah, it came it came from Bob. Okay, so this is another Bob bike. Uh, this was oh here see see how quickly that that like I didn't do it not not me yeah. Just put your mask back on. Uh, so so we we spend when when people who are lucky enough to have uh, purchased bikes from Bob you you spend. A certain amount of time, what we call unbobbing it, and you're going to find little things that that were that were uh, that were modified, usually for lighter weight or for some sort of perceived uh, 
performance increase that you would find someplace in the bowels of the internet. Maybe not even the internet. You have to. I think you have to go on the dark web to find the stuff that Bob finds ways to in which to modify his bike. And so, so there was probably something something of that in the clutch. Mm-hmm. You know, some shim was milled down, like you know, three one thousandths, or he put some sort of a an ovalized uh, clutch basket in it for some sort of perceived inertia advantage. I don't know where he gets this crazy ideas, but uh. something like this has happened. And you notice your 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 clutch basket was out of round. Yes. Yeah. There, <laughs> that was the dampers, by the way. The dampers allowed yeah, it to come, yeah. that, that, like, come I, out around. I know exactly. We know exactly what caused that. So, but anyhow, um, so I, I remember we took the recluse out and it's like, hey, let's put it back to stock because the recluse was never functioning properly. And for me, there was something fundamentally wrong. And since I couldn't start with something that I knew exactly how to work, I didn't even know where to look for the secret sauce that you put into it. You know, I don't, don't know where it was what you hid in there I, I i still go back to that 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 the 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 internals of the 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 master cylinder on the brake you won't remember covid fog it's okay <laughs> is that the one where you called the, me and i sent you a new one yes oh, okay. yeah it, 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 it which was difficult because i needed that bike like in 20 minutes to do a class and and then it, it what you had done had come undone and it it ground a Holiness in the slave cylinder. There's a fine line between brilliant and stupid. Yeah, I run it all day long. <laughs> Off to the wrong side most of the time. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's get back into um, uh, what's next. How, how about some of our YouTube? Um, Mike P says, "Nice hat, Logan." That's from last show. So, so this is this is the third reason that you're wearing that hat because Mike P liked it, and so you can you can uh, you can blame <laughs> blame that. Um, Okay, uh, next. Um, creator on wheels. Been literally binge watching 100s of Adventure 390 videos since a few days ago. Since a few days, and inarguably, this is one of the best described videos I came across. Worth the 25 minutes where you talk about at about genuine plus and minus than just reading out what on what's on the spec sheets. Thanks a ton, Jimmy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, creator wheels on wheels. It's uh that's nice. What does Big M say? Big urn. Yeah. Uh that's was hard to watch. How that, do you how do you get how how do we get I guess we should just go to like just like look at the names, right? What's Big Earn? Well, <laughs> I'm always curious about who's you know who's telling me this kind of stuff. Um, so Big Earn has a bunch of like uh, you know R and B videos in his list. He didn't make a video, but he has a lot of R and B videos and how to cut hair. It's like I, I don't. I, Is he a mortician? Well, Big, Big Earn. I, so so I no, I mean I'm not Earn. I don't know Big Earn. <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe he's a, he's a, uh, money launderer, like Big Earn. <laughs> I think if he, if he had the haircutting videos, he just sees me as a, as a non-client. So he's just like tossing me off. It's like, okay, no, no big deal. I, I wanted to know why it was hard to watch so I could improve, but that's my fault. Next. Uh, Justin Wells, cool bike, but goddamn, is it ugly? Yeah. He's talking about the KTM 390 and, uh. I, I, I always wonder like what would uh, possess you to to like, why would you want to say that? I, 
I, I guess you'd say that if you were standing around with your buddies, but now you don't have any friends, kind of like me, and so we just type things in the internet. Is that how it works? And you just, and then you realize everybody in the world can see it, and it's like, uh, was that necessary? Okay. What does Mister Car Guy want? Um, now we just need a front wheel drive, drive bike. Mister Car Guy watched our KTM eleven ninety video. Hey, I found the old, I found the whole collection of videos. So we need to make that, we need to make that video. You need to go make a banger reel of. 1190 video clips that our awesome uh, videographer George uh, shot. You know, he'll tell you how he shot the that one, but I don't think he did. I think Jim shot the one. <laughs> Jim wouldn't even know how to turn the phone on. <laughs> um, front wheel drive bike. No, you don't want this. I tell you, you do not want this. And I know this because I actually took the chain off of one of my Christini regular Christinis and and rode around in front wheel drive. So number one, it fries the clutch very quickly, the clutch in the Christini system, because it only takes a certain amount of power out of the wheel. So you're so when you when you really hook up it tends to uh, it tends to fry it. But I remember part of my job is to break things. <laughs> so so I did. Uh, but um, I tell you what a front wheel bike handles like dog poop. It's really, really bad. What's next? Hey, you know, it's time for... I'm going to try some new tequila here. I see there's two shot glasses. Oh, really? Did you yeah. notice that? Yeah, I didn't notice that. I, I didn't, I know didn't what want... That second one was for. I, I didn't know. I didn't want Jimmy to sit over there and feel all jealous. <laughs> the other Jimmy. But no, you, it's for you, Matt. I don't know who's, you know... This is this is actually some really nice stuff. Some... Uh, oh, so only ha- only half a shot glass? Uh, no, you, know, you, get, you can get a full one. Dobell oh. Diamante. And I don't know. This is actually a, um, an interesting... Uh, well, if the show goes to shit, we know why. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm trying to give you excuses before we go there. Right. So, uh, okay, go ahead and hit the next question there. Um, gear hire. Jimmy, great review. Surprised you didn't com- comment on the limited turning radius. Had to have dealer modify mine for tight northeast single track. 2020 beta 200RR. You know what's funny? Funny about this is, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't comment on the turning radius on the Beta 200, and I took it places where uh, I needed the turning radius, and it didn't, it didn't bother me. It wasn't like, um, like there's a certain KTM's, especially adventure bikes, that have really horrible turning radiuses, and this, uh, the the Beta did not bother me that much. So I wonder if. Um, you know, like I said, he took it back to the dealer. It's very simple to adjust the, the steering radius on those bikes, most of these bikes now, because they have steering lock nuts. And I wonder if his were just set a little bit farther out, and then that's all the dealer did was go in and because that's how you would adjust it, and it's actually pretty simple to do. What are you saying it? No, I'm saying how else yeah, did you do it? Yeah, yeah. That's how that I, you know. Other than grinding the steering yeah. stops, which I've done before on bikes. Um, I've ground uh, steering sound more often than not. I've added steering stop to bikes, uh, and in uh, this was on some of my uh, uh, older older bikes that I just didn't want because we a lot of times we had to put like um, uh, bigger radiators on them, and you didn't want your your fork leg hitting the radiator, or or you know a lot of times we'd actually move the radiators back a little bit. And this is this is like race bike stuff, you know, specific to a certain bike. We'd actually move the radiators back to get a little bit more turning radius on some bike. So these are all the kind of things that we do. And actually, if you listen to uh, 
uh, uh, Jason Thomas and I talk about, like, when we talk about the helmet safety, at the end we start talking about, I rode his race bike back in, you know, the, 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 the early 2000s, and he's a smaller dude, and he had his bike set up, and, and I told him, I said, I said, I hated your bike, like, your bike set up, but I appreciated how well it was set up for his thing. And, and it wasn't so much the, the size, you know, he had taller foot pegs and a lowered, you know, lowered subframe and all this stuff like that, you know, bars that were in an awkward position for me. Um, it wasn't so much that his motor hit like a brick shit house. And I remember this to this day. It's like, I hate bikes that do this, but he explains why. And he's got a valid reason. And that's why it's not good or bad. It's his bike. And my job at that point was to describe it so that, so that maybe you know, and all honesty, it's for entertainment. You're working in a magazine. You're talking about riding, you know, different privateer factory bikes, different things like this. Everybody wants to know, like, hey, what what is really the difference between a factory bike and a privateer bike and things like that? But at the same time, maybe, you know, I would learn how guys set up their bikes for what reasons because I always, was always, you know, somehow get back and ask them. And I don't remember who wrote the specific story on that bike because we all, like, had to ride about two different bikes. I may have rode it. I don't remember. But if I did or if somebody else did, they probably talked to the rider. They should have talked to the rider. If, if I was the boss, which I think I was at the time, I would have made them talk to the rider to find out why the bike is set up like this. So kind of not not as an excuse, but it's like so we can learn. It's like I like this for this reason. And we kind of went into it, which is pretty uh, pretty cool there at the end. So um, kind of a kind of a cool cool thing i kind of felt bad for uh for jason because you could tell he was used to explaining why his bike setup was like that and he also mentioned everyone hated his bike everyone should hate hate his bike i most people should hate my bikes like you know and most people actually hop on my bikes and they kind of they they're kind of prepared to hate them they really they really like because I talk about it, my setup is kind of unique. It's it's it's, but it's like generally s- smoother power. But I have a very sensitive throttle, like a like a, um, I want it to respond, you know, very instantly. But I don't want it to re- uh, become hit, which hit is uncontrollable power, is what I like to call it. It's so like when your bike is carbureted, it has a little bog before it takes off. This is that's hit. It's rap, you know, and like. You know, when a good rider will get used to when that works, so we'll turn the throttle just a little bit earlier, knowing that it's going to do that, and you'll kind of control it that way. But now with fuel injection, you get one to one. But um, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he probably did have to explain it to a lot of people, yeah. but it worked for him, and that's good. And maybe someone else would be saying, "Oh, I ride like that. I, I, I you know, I'm not very good at turns, so I want when I want to come out, I want to come out with a, a blaze of fury. So you want this this kind of setup, or you know, I'm really bad at you know carrying momentum up on a jump face, and I need that little brap at the end to, you know, control my attitude of the motorcycle. So um, yeah, good on, good on him for uh, setup. But the same thing with like you know something simple as turning radius. You know that can that it bothers me on certain bikes and other bikes. I I'm never in a position where there's a turning radius issue. So, uh, I, anyways, um, next time a couple 13 millimeter wrenches and you'll be happy with the the turning radius. Or maybe it's a 13 and a 10 on a beta. I don't remember which one it is. Or maybe it doesn't even have it. And they had to grind something. So, uh, what does Sam or T want? Um, the way you always know when someone needs something is amazing. Okay, this one this one drove me down a pigeonhole. <laughs> so, this is I I've been accused of doing this before. 
And I had to ask a couple people that are probably uh, smarter than me, like, was this, is this a slam? I, but I know that I do this. Like when, like, like when you're walking up with a cylinder head in your hand, I already know that um, I need to beat you into a pulp so you don't do it again. Like that's how it's, it's you know, that's an expensive problem. But, but the reason, it's because you're not the first one. <laughs> that needs this, you know, you're, you're there's, I, it, it's through experience, you know, it's kind of like things tend to repeat themselves and I see it and I just kind of identify that, that, that thing, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what, um, Sam or T was all about. I kind of, I, I think I looked at his, his uh, profile to see, and it looked like he just started up his webpage about 10 minutes or his YouTube page about 10 minutes before he sent me the comment. So <laughs> uh, who knows? Travis J. I wish somebody would know when I when when my, when my tequila gets a little low. Oh, you're not allowed to though. You're, yeah, you can't serve. Yeah, my, mine's getting low, but uh, it's good though, isn't it? Oh my god, I, it's fantastic. I, actually, it has a little bit too much of the the. I don't. I don't. I want to call it the Jose Cuervo taste. There's like a there's like a tequila. There's a certain tequila taste that one of the strains that I don't really like, but everything else is really good. Um, instead of mess messing around with wires and AC. ECUs, just chuck a one tooth down sprocket on it. It gives you the same result for twenty bucks. So Travis J two is talking about the KTM three ninety again because we actually um, you know put a Cooper ECU on our bike and we're, we're really impressed with the the power increase that it gave the bike, especially kind of in the it gave it torque everywhere and then like in the upper mid and it and it and I actually I'm starting to try to figure out how the hell they did this like because it, it increases the rev ceiling by quite a bit it lets it rev like look it lets it rev till it gets way past the the red line mark you know the, the thing the whole ecu is flashing or not the ecu but the whole dashboard is flashing bright red it's like ah, too many revs but it's only it's only around eleven thousand or something like that twelve thousand it's not too bad um but what he suggests here is for 20 bucks which is yeah you can get a different spock sprocket um, and I hope he's talking about the rear sprocket, not the front. But I guess you could do the front as well. But that'd be like doing three teeth in the rear, one half, six, and one half dozen, or the other. Um, it does give you a little bit of the same, like pickup. You know, it'll give you some pickup, but it doesn't change the power. It it so it it doesn't do the same thing. Um, it kind of. It makes it feel a little more sporty because the gears are a little closer together, and most of the time you're that way. You'll be in a little bit lower of a gear, so there's a little bit better pickup. But it definitely doesn't do the uh, the same thing, Travis. I can guarantee you that with 100% certainty. Chris, Luca, can the tank be mod? Um, KTM 350 video. He's talking about the the 350 EXE, and so the answer is yes. Um, IMS and Acherbys both make uh, options for that particular gas tank, and I like you know no capitalization. Can the tank be mod? This is like he's really compromising on the amount of characters he's using in that. I've, I'm kind of surprised it even gets the question mark at the end. Yeah, that's 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 good. He's kind of speaking your language though, right? Uh, that question mark is unknown to me, so you don't use it. Uh, well, the fact that you that you read that like you wrote it. You know, like like that, I would actually struggle reading that because I would probably not turn it into a question. I would like almost do do it like a statement. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, 
Okay. Next. Um, Chris Brown, did you use the DCAT Cooper kit or just the ECU? So on the KTM 390, we used uh, we did not decat it, um, and I know there is a there's a there's a kit for that. But at the time they did this, there were when we did this, there were no pipes available for the the there were no pipes that I would put on the bike. They were all really loud, kind of road racing exhausts for the 390 Duke, um, and not what I would you know I want I want something that's like sensible to ride around, and and I don't really like loud bellowing pipes on that bike so it, it's just the ecu and we actually had to do some tunes on it um so they they it went back and forth a couple times because they were still trying to get the right characteristics for the uh, 390 adventure as opposed to the uh the 390 duke so it was not the uh the decat kit although i i suspect you could probably get even a little bit more um power on that what uh we got some questions roaming oh, on in the chat we got, we got some good questions oh the dear chat. here we go uh so this first one that i thought was pretty good uh from uh was it Cy- kyler uh stoker uh 19 19- call him curly curly got it right so 1984 that's XR200 not his name will uh kick and fire up every time without fail we'll run until it gets hot then thor comes along and takes away all the lightning uh lightning and it will not start back up once the bike cools down fires right back up new plug new coil friend even put on new ec uh put a new ec uh, new ecu on it thoughts i was straight up going to the coil because that's the symptom of a of a of a coil you know when they'll do fine when they're cold once they warm up they they go bad um 84 xr 200 is that is that the twin carb is that uh Kyler, is that the um, the twin carb one? <laughs> um, I think it is. They, I, I think in '84 they might have had a single carb and a XR200 and an XR200R. They actually had two different bikes at that time. But I was going to go straight to the um, to the coil being bad, and now I'm starting to think. I don't know why it would be wires because if it if it's cold, it's kind of like something when it's cold. If it has something to the, if it's the two carb one, I'm gonna guess cracked intake manifold is the. It would be the next thing because I know those intake manifolds were rather brittle, and and so when, like I said, when it's cold for some reason they're fine, and the minute it gets hot, it doesn't. They 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 start sucking air. I don't know why. Yeah. Yes, Bob. When the pulsar coils get hot. Pulsar coil. Um, but I think that's part of the new coil. Unless, unless it, it is a separate part, yeah. It's on a stator. The pulsar coil is. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's the rev counter. Yeah, that's 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 probably that's a good thing too. That's what I was telling you about on your Husaberg thing. That's why I said replace mm-hmm. was the was the pulsar coil. Um, could be bad. So that's another good one. That's the same thing, just like a coil. It's an electrical part that gets hot, and once a little wire starts vibrating and sending mixed signals, but usually the the pulsar coil, I found that well, yeah, they when they do heat up. Believe it or not, my Husaberg 570 actually lost one of those. Yeah, it's because it's because it's really well. Let me kind of explain this to you. It's it has a little bit to do with the rotation of the Earth, and and when that motor, like before the Husaberg engineers made this motor, they had to calculate the force that the engine was going to be putting out because they didn't want to affect the rotation of the Earth and cause climate change. 
So going down to the smallest piece, like the pulsar coil, um, there's 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 it's kind of like time space continuum and warpage and things like this. So I, I had a problem with mine, and they're hard to get that little part. Um, but I actually found mm-hmm. one off of a KTM RFS motor that luckily bolted right in. And it solved all my problems, and uh, to much to to some of my friends' demise, the Husaberg is currently the fastest, uh, most powerful dirt bike on the planet. I'm not taking questions. No, no, <laughs> nope. no comments. Yes, got it. Uh, that, that, that's why it's off the charts. It is off the charts. <laughs> okay. Oh, we're so, going to play Rooster Ender. You better get that board down. So th- this next question is one that uh, I, have, I have some feelings on. Uh, it's from uh, Andy. Uh, BJ. Andy BJ. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to say that, uh, say the second part of his name. Anyway, Jimmy, I have a question. Do you feel uh, disappointed the Japanese brands for not really trying to compete in the enduro slash off-road world? Yes, I will give Yamaha some points here, but a long way off. Um, I I don't I wouldn't say that they're they're not not trying to compete. I think that they're it's a business. They're trying to they're trying to make money. They see where the they see where the um, the money is made. It's in motocross bike sales. Mm-hmm. And when, uh, we've got to figure out a way to, you know, we'll just leave it. We've got to figure out it. Cause I can't see it really on the board there. We've got to figure out a way to angle that sucker up. They're, they're, they're trying to make, um, you know, make, make money. So you see that, you see that they're, well, they're, they're kind of following, you know, before they used to make their very own specific enduro bikes, they were kind of designed that way. And you can kind of see where KTM took this model. It's like, we're going to take our, Top of the line competitive motocross bike, and we're going to build everything off of that platform all the way down to the the dual sport bike, including the engine architecture. They're not going to design a whole new engine. And you start looking at what the Japanese brands do. They they look at the rules, the rule book that we're required to play by based on emissions, and they look at it worldwide. And they 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 do what they have to do. And I don't think that's necessarily. In each country, when you know, I don't know if you're talking about the world or. You know, it's like kind of each country sort of determines how they're going to market their brand and market their particular bikes. And so all of the brands have a presence at, at like GNCC racing and, and you, you have them at the National Enduros. And whether it's it's maybe not a, like a factory team, but they have like satellite teams that they support. So I don't think that they've they've really stepped back. It's just, you know, they, they can they can get the most eyeballs and the most impressions by racing motocross and then hopefully that motocross you know trickles down when you saw honda racing in baja it wasn't to sell xr 600s or 650s or 450x's it was to sell generators and and power equipment and other honda motorcycles and you know so they 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 look at it like this and and so yeah i don't i don't think they've uh i'm not you know, I mean, it'd be awesome if everybody had like a you know factory extreme enduro team and a and a and a factory you know Grand Prix team and and a, and as well as a GNCC team. You had guys that were doing the national enduros, and but they leave that up to like a lot of times just regional areas like dealerships will handle that or things. So um, yeah, um, I have something to add here. Is uh, what what brand won the last two uh, Dakar rallies? Yeah, Honda. Yeah, yeah, and I would consider that off road. So uh huh. Oh, that's good. That's a good point too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think he's 
really point at two strokes. They don't. Oh, why they don't make two strokes? Say, yeah, well, stroke compete. Yeah. Okay, so so okay, so he's not. He, he maybe he's not even just talking specifically about racing. He's talking. He's talking about just two strokes. Yeah, because there was a another person. Okay, because that, that's what he does. He says, "I'll give Yamaha some points here, but a long way up." Yamaha's making a very well <laughs> they used to be very affordable it seems like the price on those has gone up just the same but you know Yamaha's like I said it's a business they're they're making something that's a little bit more affordable than the other offerings they're pricing it in the right spot so that you can that that okay I don't want to spend 10 grand for my new two-stroke I'll spend you know eight seventy seventy five eight whatever it is on you know with the 125 and stuff and uh Honda just swore off Honda swore off two strokes. They just said we will not build two strokes. If Honda makes another motor that's like a two stroke, they'll call it something different, kind of like an orbital. <laughs> you know, it's, um, and then and then I'm really surprised that Kawasaki and or Suzuki did not come back with some product like this to kind of fit it into the market. But that's a touchy. It's a touchy. It's kind of a touchy area. I mean, how if you're gonna if you're gonna bring something in and it costs that much to develop, are you ever gonna recoup it in sales? You know, it's it's uh, know that, yeah, it's yeah. If you want to do it right, it's expensive. So, uh, what else do we got there? Let's see here. Um, I mean, to kind of beat the dead horse, this guy was. Uh, they made a WR two fifty two stroke. Yeah, I I mean, you have a you have a YZ two fifty X, and that's about as close as you're going to get. And when once you get to a certain point with a with a production bike. You know, making a production bike. If you make it any more specific, you're going to just cut your market share because you, you, you know, everybody. If you go out and you do like a, if they these companies go out and they do a market research study and they start looking at what everybody does, there's a certain point where everybody's going to modify every part, uh, everything else. So like, you know, Honda just made the amazing improvement this year of putting handguards on their RX models, which, like. That's a huge. We've been fighting for that for a long time. You know, like like you know, the U.S. market wants handguards on off-road bikes. It's just kind of a thing, even though they're just flat, little flag handguards and thing. What for them to put that on that it was a big. It was a big deal, you know. And just similar things like when you look at a a brand that that has like a you have to pull the clutch in before the 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 start button works. You know, it's like somehow the lawyers get involved, and all of a sudden that's and when you start looking at all these different regulations, you know, if it were the minute they start putting headlights on things, it comes with a new set of regulations. You know, so so it needs to be it needs to meet some all of a sudden it needs to meet some sound and emissions requirements. And this is on a federal level, not just a California thing. So I think there's a lot of things that the customer is just not super aware of, and uh, and it's tough for it's tough for them to kind of you know balance between these uh, these lines. Is it is it time for our uh, our favorite segment? I guess. Rooster Endo. Yeah. Brought to you by uh, Jimmy Lewis Off-Road Training. Hey, if you're uh, going to the Tour Tech Rally, we have uh, some spots open in our classes, but you have to go to the Tour Tech Rally. So that's important. That's making a lot of noise there. Actually, loaded. someone did say they're looking forward to the Tour Tech Rally. Yeah, Tour Tech. I hope I hope it happens. I mean, with all the stuff, that all the crazy stuff that's going on, I really hope that, uh, that this happens. Um, I think we need to work on your woodworking skills and we need a better board, I'm thinking. I know this is like a last-minute thing, but we had a few weeks to think about it now, so it could probably get improved. And uh, and then like a way to stand it up. Yeah. Yeah, some way to stand it up. But I'll go ahead and hold it up again and everybody can see. Oh, yeah. 
Don't set it on my shot glass there. Maybe that maybe that defunct cylinder head is gonna is gonna help us out here. I think the tachosaurus has been used before, hasn't it? Yeah, bring the tachosaurus back here and we can set it up. Let's uh let's let's get going on the first one here. Um name so I can get the Joseph Han. What was the name? Joseph Han, I think. Joseph Hahn has a 2002 DRZ400E. He purchased uh, for me as a surprise by my wife after she got sick many years ago. Well, that's okay. <laughs> uh, quit riding when she got sick, but she wasn't going to let that happen. The wife and the bike both worked out well, and I'm happy to say that I still have them both. The bike is stock other than some basics like handguard, skid plate, and handlebars. Oh, man, Joseph, I'm I'm super stoked. I'm glad your wife got better. That's that's good. Uh, can't say much for your DRZ 400. <laughs> um, I don't know what she was trying to do with you. No, that's it. Um, the fact that you've left that bike stock is probably the best thing you could have possibly do because there's probably few bikes in this world that can be modified into pieces of junks, pieces of junk as well as a DRZ. Like you can take that thing and do all kinds of stuff to make it way, way worse every step of the way. Very few DRZ modifications that didn't either just toss the durability out the window and or um, make them run like poo poo. So I think it's I think it's I think it's good. Um, I don't know if you're trying to like increase the the scale with the, the wife stories and stuff like that. I'm actually looking for, you know, we're trying everything here to uh, to try to increase the ratings. I mean, Logan, everything from Logan's hat to I'm, I'm going to there's there's something that could happen on this show that, that that would be really that I think would just bump the ratings through the roof. But it's not going to be this DRZ, but it goes right right about the middle. Maybe right. So Travis is on a Suzuki and that's a Suzuki. So it goes right right there. Now don't knock it over. Come on, Logan. Don't break anything here. I'll, I'll pin it up there. You get the next one. So everybody wonders what this segment is. This is Rooster. I know this is where you send us a picture and a description of your bike, and uh, we tell you where it lands on our on our scale. Currently, the scale is uh, bookended by a Honda ATC 185 on the endo side, uh, courtesy of our uh, friend of the show, George, who really kind of a little silent these days, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he disappeared. Where is he? Yeah, I, probably because, you know, where we rate. Didn't he send a second bike in, too? He did, and it, we haven't got it yet. Honestly, I, I think I just kind of forgot. Oh, about you discounted. It I was it. like, you, you only get one. Oh, you really? Okay. Because uh, uh, some people not. have fifty motorcycles. <laughs> We're not all Jimmy. fifty motorcycles. I know. Well, some people say it's a problem, and other people say it's a curse, and I'm just happy. Oh, uh, okay. What is this, Logan? Let's see. Uh, Here, here's that. This Kendi right. Hayes. Cindy, Cindy Hayes. Cindy. Cindy Hayes. She's a former student. She's been to my class before. She's a beta tester as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah, no. Hey, um, yeah, we're doing uh, some beta testing with the uh, Jimmy Lewis Off-Road Training uh, uh, Online Riding School. Yep. It's, uh, we were, we're, we're getting there. It's uh, pretty, it's going to be pretty amazing. And in five years, it'll be the most amazing thing out there. Yeah. <laughs> in five years. But it's not, that's not because that's, it's, that's some things that are coming improvements that we were already not even talking about <laughs> better let's see a 2016 ccm gp 450 now this is a really strange bird to begin with so ccm was clues competition machine uh over in europe and they used to basically hand build they were a frame builder 
and they used to take the Rotax motors and put them in uh, to their chassis. And I, I raced a CCM at a four-stroke national back when four-stroke nationals were a thing. Actually, one year I raced a, a of course, I raced a Husaberg. I did a, I did a Husky, a CCM, um, a Honda XR400 that was all hopped up. And I don't think I did a DR350 because it probably blew up. <laughs> kind of like a 400 would if you modify it. She has better luggage that doesn't sit on the exhaust and melt and strew my stuff along Mexican highways. It's a good modification. Uh, double take mirrors. A high seat. And let me tell you something about Cindy. She has to be all of maybe five, six at the most. No way. It So to have a high seat, it just shows you that maybe she's taken my class a couple times. A longer gear shifter, and she bought it new with a skid plate, handguards, and a luggage rack. Let me look at that picture real quick before we start. And notice she's she needs to get rid of that low front fender, though. She's going to ride in mud like this. <laughs> hey, and the... The good thing is I see mud on the seat, but I don't see mud all over the sides. That means she's keeping it up on two wheels, which is which is really, really good. Um, so this CCM, I think it has the BMW, the old BMW 450 uh, motor in it. That's the one that spins backwards and has the clutch on the counter shaft sprocket, by the way, if, if you were wondering. Um, since it's weird and we like weird... It's gonna go a little bit. It's gonna it's gonna go a little bit north of Endo, but it's probably hard to get parts for, and nobody knows what it is. So it's not even gonna get close to that Husaberg. So we're gonna just put it right about there. Right it's, six it's, days. it's well set up. Yeah, it's almost as good as a KTM six days bike because it doesn't blow up like every single KTM two stroke is proven by Logan Tyler. <laughs> Next, I'll, uh, hold, I'll hold this for Trevor you. Walsh. Trevor Walsh. Trevor Walsh. Am I doing better at our procedure here, Logan? Yeah. I'm not taking them out of your hands. And Trevor Walsh has a 2011 Honda Sierra 450X. Oh, he's got a laundry list of stuff on this thing. Um, that thing's a that thing's a show po pony. Look at that thing. I I wonder if he wants to buy a couple more of those for spares because I got some. I've got I've got some good stuff for those things. TBT suspension. Pocket ported 450R head, stainless steel valve train with dual rate springs. That's a good thing, the the stainless steel valve train for durability. 450R carburetor. I'll try to get another one of those. <laughs> uh, PC full exhaust. Airbox has been modified. Golfer rotors, lines, pads, which are not pictured. Um, does it have Golfer stickers on it at least? <laughs> Why are they not pictured? Um, no, this was a... Oh, some of these bikes are just pictures before... Before they got the full... He's still modifying it. Yeah. It's not going to stop. Uh, DDC drivetrain. That's good. Fully fully uh, endorsed by this show. Uh, full Henson clutch. Oversized radiators. Michelin tires and bibs. Warp 9 wheels. Moose rear discard. A Servi's Plast... That's the that's the way you say it in Italy. Plast, I think. IMS dry brake, GPR stabilizer. Oh, and there's a list of coming soon. It's not done yet. <laughs> Oil cooler, radiator fan, chain guide gussets. That's good. Chain guide gussets on that bike is good. That's a thing. R&D power bolt. That will help uh, even more with the power. Um, 
I, 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 the Radiator fan's a good thing. I would warn a little bit about the oil cooler because I don't see anything inside of there uh, that would warrant a oil cooler, uh, by the way, unless you're completely slipping the clutch. And, uh, and if you're slipping the clutch, then maybe an oil cooler all the time. But an oil cooler, um, that's a good. Radiator fan, that'll help when you're going slow, but this look, bike looks like it's made to haul ass. So uh, um, it's a, that's an... I mean, the fact that the, the modifi modification list is not ending, it's got a teeter right in the middle because, like, those modifications could go good or, or bad. So far, I think he's done good, but I think there's a point where it's going to, it could go, it could, this is a very mediocre day on. Well, I, I want more endos, but uh, we're kind of. Oh, are you, did you put out a call out for endos on the, sh on the show? I, I will put a call right now. If you have endos, please, please send them in. Yeah. No, we, we just want a couple of things. So uh, 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 we have a special guest on the show tonight because I I I'm working on uh, I'm just kind of come around come around there. Um, we, so I've been doing a lot of research on how to get better ratings on uh, on shows, and evidently, um, as you may have noticed, like the 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 hat wearing and the opening boxes and stuff, like wasn't getting us the thirty million. So I've resorted down to now what we call a. Uh, pets. This is cats because because cat videos are big on the on the internet. So this is Selma, everybody. Uh, you, uh, if you can't if you can't uh, see her on the podcast, you're gonna. I think. Hey Selma, if I squeeze you, will you will you uh, talk? <laughs> you want to talk? Look at Selma. Selma's pretty happy cat. You're gonna hear her make the happy noise. Come over the microphone. Make the happy noise in the microphone. <laughs> Just take yeah. the microphone to her. Uh, Selma's the cat that went on the internet the other day and told you if you don't ride a KTM 1090 or a Husaberg 570 that you're a pussy. Uh, she did say that. She's working on her own Instagram account. Uh, she's the local uh, killer of uh, species on her kill list. There she goes. Yeah. Now she's <laughs> now she's doing the microphone. Uh, this cat has taken down um, rats, mice, chipmunks, and here's where it gets interesting. Lots of lizards. She's got a bat and a hummingbird. Like, I don't really approve of the, the bats and the hummingbirds or the lizards because they, they all, like, kind of eat uh, animals. But, but you don't want this thing. And, and by the way, it, it, this, is, this is coming out. Uh, this is Ricky Brabeck's girlfriend. Yep, that's right. Selma and Ricky are dating. This is a, it, she, she knows this because uh, anytime he comes here, he has to kick her out of the van like three or four times. But we don't really, we don't, we don't, um, we don't tell her that. <laughs> we don't let her know that he's not really interested. She just kind of thinks that way. So he just keeps her happy. That, that's why she doesn't run away. So uh, say hi to Ricky's uh, girlfriend. Um, she's going to knock shit over and break things, but that's the way this cat works. She's just wondering why she's not getting waterboarded for coming inside this house. This is an outside cat, and uh, that's, how, that's how things work. So if our ratings don't go through the matter, we through the roof yet? We had a million? They did go up, actually. They went up with a cat on the show. Yeah, not as high as they were when uh, Jason Thomas was on, but... Right, but that was just a recording. Yeah, yeah. Look but... at Selma playing with the Husaberg right now. Oh. She's over there cuddling the Husaberg 570. Oh, she's going to go cuddle the cameras. Yeah, let's oh, probably break going? something. Oh, there we go. And try to kill something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks, Erica, for bringing over my attack uh, cat. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, ratings better go through the roof. And remember to put that on the thing. It, it, like, just put cat video. On the on the thing, because I think that's gonna that's gonna help us out. You really got to tell a friend. You you really have to t 
to share this or something because if you think this is your little secret club, you're fooling yourself because I'll talk to anybody and uh, tell them how to make their motorcycle uh, work better or worse or laugh at them when they try to do it the wrong way. And look at all this. You're going to have to clean all this cat fur off. That thing's an outside cat, and it really is a dirty-ass cat. Um, what do we got here? Uh, Chance. Chance. Don Nitzel wants to know, have I ever ridden or raced a Vore or a Verdamani? The answer is yes on both accounts. Yeah. So a Vore and a Verdamani were the same things. I actually got to race a Verdamani. Uh, I, I don't know how exactly it happened, um, but Mike Young was Mike Young was a factory Verdamani rider over in Europe, and uh, somehow one of those bikes came over here, and I got to I, – I don't, I don't know if it was at a Grand Prix or – what? But then I did race a Vore that same year on the um, on the uh, on the four stroke nationals. So yes, uh, have done that. So what's what's our chance? McCam- McCamish? Yeah. Has a 2019. Where's our thing? Uh, 2019. I got to take a look at that. Oh, it's got checkers on it. Uh, 2019 450 XCF. He has aero cone valves and a track shock. Faster USA wheels. It has a sixth gear. And if you ever want to know how your 450 XCF can have a sixth gear, there's a story on Dirt Bike Test that tells you uh, how to do it. It has a recluse, an IMS tank, a GPR stabilizer, a GPR rubber uh, bar mounts, and triple clamp. So the cat's more interesting than what I'm saying? No, the cat's out in the garage. And well, that's where it belongs. Just, in lock, the just lock, the, lock the door. Oh, you're there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, flex bars, Jimmy Lewis approved. Mooses. As long as you lube them with uh, proper moose lube. Uh, LCR radiator bracing and oversized tank mod. A fan. A Boysen supercooler. And guts wing seat. But you know what this thing has on it? It has Checkers graphics. That's the Checkers Motorcycle Club, if you're uh, not familiar with them. They're they're uh, infamous out in the uh, the desert. They tried to get me to uh, ride, ride for them. Uh, back then, I didn't party hard enough. That's why... That's why I didn't uh, it didn't join. But um, one of the guys who helped me in my career quite a bit was Al Baker, who was a was a, a checker um, back in the day. And back in Al's day, checkers were winners. Those guys they they were all about winning. And I think somehow they could mix winning and partying to a level that was above and exceeded. Like if you were in District Thirty Seven racing desert races, you wanted to be, you know, a checker. And uh, but. Um, yeah, so I I got to figure out where I, I have some stories about these guys, um, McConaughey and and some of my, some of my Chuck Stearns <laughs> and Scott Stearns, <laughs> all these things. It's all it's all over it's all over the place here. They used to cheat though. They were called the cheating checkers, and those guys knew how to pre ride the courses and and do all that stuff. Go really fast, but they had some really fast guys on on there. So gonna go right in right in the middle we're gonna we're gonna we'll have to debate this another time i'm sure that'll stir some shit <laughs> checkers uh, or wreckers yeah so uh who are the guys um malcolm malcolm brinks and all the guys i used to race with the uh, cliff thomas is always a little bit older than myself uh there was a few few, few chris crandall was chris i think chris crandall was a checker wasn't he he Bobby Farrell, yeah, that was a little bit older than me. A lot of the, I'm just thinking of the guys that I used to race against and back Gene in the Hurst day. Was a Who? Gene Hurst, but he's way older. Oh yeah, 
Oh, you broke everything, Logan. That wasn't me. Uh, okay, what do we got? <laughs> What's that? You got you to read the name off. Uh, Eric Hermes Hammerstead. Okay, the whole studio's falling over. I knew we couldn't get through a show. Um, uh, Craig Albert says the Suzuki needs to go below the Bearcat. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, checkers are badass. Uh, okay. <laughs> Take that, David. Um, a 2018 FE350. Okay, that's one of those older ones. I remember that. That's the one that introduced that big giant radio, the big giant side panel thing, which now it's kind of becoming kind of standard. As I remember, a Scott steering stabilizer, Jimmy Lewis approved. A Mako 360. That's the the isolated bars, uh, the rubber mounted bars for uh, vibration and or shock absorption. There is a lot of freaking cat hair. That was a really yeah. bad idea. Unless that thing gets someone, unless you get me like 20,000 views in this video, you're going to the pound. Um, or I'll sell you. How much is how much is a Selma worth? Like negative negative 25 bucks. That's ain't going to cut. I ain't, I ain't paying to get rid of you, but I just, I'll just throw you in Ricky's van next time when he's not looking. He'll take you home. Um... <laughs> uh, Resprung for his weight with a rear shock revalve, Cyclops, Cyclops headlamp with an LED bulb, Fastway pegs lowered, Steps pegs. Okay, what? I have to look at this. Stegs, I bet. Is it, he meant Stegs pegs? Those are those. Oh, he, yep, he has them on there. So Stegs pegs are these things that you kind of bolt onto someplace on your bike, and they're like little bumps that stick out kind of back below your calves or something, and it's kind of they're kind of there evidently to kind of catch you or or hold you onto the bike to help you grip the bike so you can't slide backwards and i've heard them work uh, heard they work really good I, they bother the crap out of me um and that's just a personal thing but i've heard they work really well for other people and i always i always because i run a riding school and i always wonder if you're falling off the bike that bad or you need something to catch it you probably need to rethink some of the things about your riding <laughs> so uh sorry eric um Screen removed from the end cap. Back to the stegs pegs. They can be used as a reminder to tell you to get your ass in balance, okay, as opposed to catch you when you're falling off the back of the motorcycle. Used in that thing, used in that sense, I think that's okay. Uh, but if you're using them to hang on, uh, we have a larger problem that, I mean, why not just get a sissy bar? Wheelie bar. Wheelie bar. Well, a sissy bar. No, so when you start leaning back, it catches you. So your bitch can be on the back and fall asleep while you go riding. I mean, like, like I mean, if you if you need that, then maybe JD Tuner. Those are good. Voyager Pro. That's excellent. Uh, it has tires on it. It says so right here. It says <laughs> tires. That's that's always nice to know. The rating just went down for that. <laughs> it, tubeless. I think maybe he meant tubeless tires. Uh, modified license plate holder. Giant loop bags, a 14 front sprocket, carbon pipe guard, plastic clutch cover guard, XP skid plate with linkage, and a seat concept seat. I like the seat concept seat. Um, another mediocre bike. I, it's going right in the middle. Matt, we need we need to get some variety in here. These are all like really nice bikes. Right, would, right. If they were on if they were on the used market and I had money, I would probably buy. Most of them, even to, the DR to put in my fleet. Yeah, I have, I have, well, I have DRs two fifties. Right, right. Well, you know, I, I, I told you, uh, I, I warned you earlier today about the this, uh, this segment. You want to give him the hat, Logan? <laughs> 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 um, 
The, the I'm off uh, camera though. Uh, well, so we can fix that. Um, the DRZ 400 was notoriously the worst hill climbing bike um, known to man. It just the way the seat tank relationship was, and I just remember that there was hills I could climb all day long on almost any other bike, and that particular bike was just horrible for hill climbing. But I will tell you an interesting story that when I was uh, when I had a DRZ 400, and we put a lot of time on one for the magazine testing. I used to go riding with Johnny Campbell's back when he was. Um, he was his part of his job one day a week. He had to go trail riding with me, and this was XR 400 times. And this is Bruce Ogilvie's part of Bruce Ogilvie's plan to make Johnny Campbell a much better rider. And uh, so we would go riding. Uh, we'd ride really nasty trails, like you know, about as extreme enduro as you'd ever want to do. I'd try to avoid a lot of the hill climbs because, like Johnny's XR 400, didn't have enough power to go up them, and my DRZ 400 was just horrible at going up them. Period. But the one thing that DRZ had, besides a ton of weight and all this extra stuff that the XR400 didn't, was electric start. And I love electric start. So that's from day one. So anytime we could go riding on like really narrow like hillside trails that 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 had like lots of rocks protruding and stuff on them, and no way to put your 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 uh, your left foot down, I would like going riding on those and stopping. Uh, so no way to put your um, I, I don't know my left or my right so let me think for a second here you'd kick left. it you'd kick it with the right you couldn't put your left foot down so you you were kicking on the hillside you'd have to if you had a kickstarter you have to kick on the hillside and I would always stop at the worst place and stop the bike and then go oh isn't this view really nice Johnny come up stop the bike you know he he wouldn't want to stop it because you don't want to kickstart I'm like cut it, cut it you know kill it kill it give him to kill it get him to stop it go hey isn't this a really nice view and I start the bike and take off and and. <laughs> And I knew at the time he was doing a lot of, you know, product development riding and stuff like this with Honda. And I, I needed – there needed to be somebody else down there trying to convince them that they needed electric start on their motorcycles. Because there's nothing worse than after the 50th time I've done that that you know the stick and you won't shut it off. And I'm not going to go until you sh- shut it off because somebody has to pay for this because I wanted an electric start 400. I ended up making one later on. I took ATV parts and pieced together made a made a really – at the time, an okay motorcycle, horrible by doing this, but it had electric start. So, there's my there's my story. Um, uh, what is Sean Elliott says? Stegs pegs or seat concept seat? Uh, is that a an either or? I would go with the seat concept seat every time. But I are they talking about the one that has the so seat concepts has a seat that kind of has like a, a I'll call it a butt pad. It kind of gets thicker in the rear, and it, it can do sort of the same thing. It can tell you you're kind of getting back. It's mostly meant for cushion. And here's something really funny. I don't know if I'm allowed. To, I don't know if I'm allowed to get, drop this nugget of knowledge or give this thing out. But I'll tell you what. You're so remember there was step seats. Like the motocross guys were running kind of step seats to 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 hook them so they could sit down coming out of a turn and not get thrown back on their bike and everything. Now you notice the guys go around the turn standing up, so it. They, they learned to get rid of this. But anyways, so the step seats catch it. I know, now know that they're actually building seats that are a little bit wider, and they have what they call wings, go wings, on the sides of the seat so that when you stand up that you, you can, you know, squeeze the bike a little bit there, and the seat actually does that for you, and you don't uh, – so same sort, of, same sort of thing, but not as intrusive. It doesn't, it doesn't bump into you like the, the pegs. And uh, Alex Jacques says, and I know how to say his name because I know his dad. Actually, I know Alex because I saved him at a desert race one time. He was 
he I don't remember exactly what happened. I don't know if parts I think parts fell off of his bike and I told him how to scavenge parts from another part of his bike to get his bike to the finish line. Uh Steg's pegs Steg's peg Steg pegs sound dangerous for desert racing. Yeah, I I don't I don't think they're that dangerous. I think, you know, it 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 could like used as a reminder, I think it's a good thing. Um used to hang on to the motorcycle and other things. A nice seat, but the stitching wears out quick. On the on the he's talking about the seat concept seats. I've not noticed this. Um I've actually worn through the covers on a couple of mine and my stitching held good, but then again, we're in a very dry environment. So um I could see where maybe if different environments would kind of uh do different kinds of things. There's something else I'm supposed to be looking at there. Oh, there was a lot of questions. I'm actually trying to scroll through which one I wanted to go through next. Right. Uh, here, we can do this. Should one. we put the cap back on? Because, Logan, it's going to take a long time for you to clean all this fur off this thing. <laughs> so you might as well just double down, right? See if the ratings will go up. Uh, Sean Elliott had a, a okay. question right here. What is it? Uh, what would you prefer, the uh, Africa Twin with a recluse clutch or a DCT? Would love the re- love the recluse on the smaller bikes, but I've never installed a recluse on a larger one. I would take the DCT um, because I like the the kind of paddle shifting function, and, and when you just put it on automatic, it shifts for you, and that's kind of like to the whole next level. It 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 acts a little bit like a recluse clutch in the way that you know the way that the clutch engages as you turn the throttle. Um, I would. I would probably set it a little bit different, you know, the way it engages on the on the on the DCT. I and I know I could set a recluse to to work this way, but I would take DCT all day long because, like I said, it'll shift for you. And then if you want, you got paddle shifting options. And I mean, I I've always and I think the programming. I haven't ridden the latest um, Africa Twin. I've been requesting to do this, uh, but. Uh, I, I, if they if it got any better, it's going to be really good with DCT. I know with more experience, they're getting better better stuff. Okay, uh, so Todd Kelly, uh, I'm trying a. Uh, what is that? Oh, that's, I, a, I, that's a cat making noise. Okay, I'm trying a Did you uh, squeezer. Techno. Oh, she's Techno Moose Enduro. Oh, she's locked in the garage. Well, how come she's not back on the show, Logan? We're trying to get ratings here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, grab her. There we go. All right, on. Okay, right. rating's going up. All right, so Todd Kelly, I'm trying a uh, Techno Moose Enduro rear on a dual sport in uh, Colorado right now with a Tusk D Sport on the rear. Been doing lots of road miles at the beginning uh, and at the end of days. Uh, we'll report on the le- on longevity of the Techno Moose as it's uh, not supposed to break down the same as the others, according to the marketing. So I tried Techno Mooses probably like five or seven years back and they were made of a more of a plastic material the ratings just went to shit that's how quick you're supposed to control this thing aren't you aren't you in the cat friends we were <laughs> um seems like your dad better than you doesn't like me because i just like waterboarded all the time it's like really wondering why it's not having a bad experience inside of the house well it's this is the office i guess as long as we keep her out of the main house it's cool the the technologies i tried a long time ago and they were made of a more plastic material, and they had the the funny thing is they were really susceptible to heat cycles, from what I remember. They they were fine, but after a certain amount of heat cycles, they they um, didn't do too good, uh, and and they didn't. 
I'm trying to remember what they did. I think they might have been constantly shrinking, um, getting getting a little bit smaller. But it's been, it's been a while. But I, I'm surprised. I'm I bet you um, that they. I'd be willing to bet that they've improved them. So because um, those were very early ones that I that I rode with. Okay, so uh, Christopher uh, Heisen, uh, I ride a twenty one five hundred EXC uh f six days he mentioned part of his job is to break things have you killed uh, one yet or a 500 in general if so i'd like to uh, think it took a great punch uh, or 10 i have not had a failure i'm trying to think of any so <laughs> the 500 exc i just put back together the other day uh started making a ticking noise that 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 was irregular. And so I found out what it was is after five or 600 hours, um, this one didn't have a, uh, timer on, on it. Thanks, Bob. Um, it was an old Bob bike. So the first half of his life, it never went over like 4,000 RPM. Uh, it developed this ticking noise kind of surprisingly after, after believe it or not, towing another bike off of a dry lake bed where the other bike had expired. My KTM, it, the, so this other bike infected my KTM. It made a ticking noise. Then I found that the cylinder actually became worn out, so kind of out of round. It wasn't, it didn't spec that bad, but it was definitely worn out, and I got that fixed, and now it purrs like a kitten. That's a cat joke, and I'm trying to get more ratings because we need more ratings. Tell a friend. So I've never blown one up. The only, the only, the only other one that I had any issues with, and so we had another guy that was helping us here, and he failed to oil the filter properly. And so right after I put a top end in it at 400 hours, it was actually, yeah, 390 hours, uh, it sucked a whole bunch of sand. And the bike started detonating quite a bit because of this. And I put another piston in it and didn't do anything else, and it's still running. So those things, they're pretty damn indestructible. Um I don't have any problems. And, and I talk to Chris Blaze all the time who rebuilds these things for a living. And he really doesn't rebuild a whole lot of these. And when he does, it's like, yeah, I don't really need to. You know, but people just say, hey, I put 300 hours on this thing. I want it. Easy on Travis there, bro. I'm going to break him. Um, he breaks ra- himself. Ratings are going up, right? Uh, Good. The, the, the chart, it's, I can see it sure. skyrocketing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be afraid of that um, at all. Uh you could, I, I don't really try to break them, I, but I don't think I, I mean, you can break anything if you want to. When I get told to break something, but KTM does that on their own, they don't ask me to do it. So, uh, so Sean Elliott had another question. Um, have you used uh, the G2 throttle tamer? Is a throttle tamer better for tight woods? This is a good question. Um, so, yes, I've used, I've used uh, G2 throttles before. They make a bunch of different ones. They make ones that are more aggressive, less aggressive, aggressive in different spots. Um, all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, it was funny because I thought since I like smooth power, I would want a more mellow throttle tube. And after testing that, and also Motion Pro made this whole throttle kit that had a bunch of different pulleys on it that worked out really good. It'd be nice if you, you know, tried to not have her, you know, shoot the beef uh, at the camera. The, you yeah. changed the camera because yeah. we gotten cat beef shots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right on, Selma. Good job there. Like, Ricky's not watching anymore, so you don't have to do that crap. Yeah, easy. Uh, 
I lost my train of thought, but I was talking about throttle cam tubes, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, I had a, I got a Motion Pro throttle, a whole, whole bunch of different ones, and I found that I liked the most aggressive throttle I could ever put on it because I'm I'm very you know particular about I want real wrist to rear wheel connectivity, and here's the reason why. Oh, like you know, Jimmy, your bike sucks. A lot of people don't like this. It's too it's too much. They don't have that kind of they don't want to have that kind of control or need to have that kind of control. So I've tried them and it's it's definitely a personal preference. If you find yourself to be a little whiskey throttle with the, you know, with the whiskey throttle on the throttle on accident, a, a more mellow um uh throttle tube could really could really help out. So uh it's something to test and if you can buy um one that has multiple, you know, different, you know, as opposed to having to switch out the throttle tube each time. Uh, there's some that have different gears that go on them, and you can try different uh, ratios, and does it does make a difference? It really, it doesn't change the way the bike runs; it just changes the control you have over it. You know how it works out. So, so uh, Ricky Brayback uh, asked uh, what you think he actually needs. Uh, he needs he needs a cat. He needs he yeah. needs a he needs a, a new kitty cat girlfriend. Because <laughs> if if she doesn't get the ratings, you're going to get a cat whether you like it or not. So uh, so Jim Clark had a question. I don't know if it's a little too specific without having a sheet here, but uh, he's saying 2004 KTM 525 wants to know the best jutting specs for six to ten thousand feet. Okay, so I'm just curious about this, Logan. Like, you know, carburetors used to have jets in them, right? This is like a yeah. little history lesson for you. And there's like, there was a main jet and a pilot jet and a needle clip position. Yeah. And then there's a pump squirt, like nozzle called, you know, what they call it, a pump squirt regulating jet mm-hmm. bleed off. It was called the bleed off jet inside of there. Um, And that's just the, the big things. You can also change the slide. And so I'm just off the top of my head going to rattle off. Jim, you think he's ready for these numbers? He's got his pen and paper out. Let's hope. I'm gonna just. Re- I don't know this. How the hell am I gonna? How, do, how the hell do I know all these numbers? So if I'm gonna tell you how you should how you should approach this, because I do have a 2004 KTM 525, and I could not for the life of me tell you what jetting is in it. But I know that it runs well, and when we ride around here, we're starting at 2,000, and we go up to about most of the time maximum seven. But usually, you're riding around three, four, is thing, and it runs really good. If I were going to take my bike for six to ten thousand feet, I would, in this order, go down one on the main jet, one on the pilot, and raise the needle clip one position from stock, where where which is I'm pretty sure where the jetting is right now, stock, and that will probably achieve you the same sort of uh, rideability that you have down here up at six to ten. And then you might want to play around with the fuel screw just a, a little bit, but that should get you in the, in the ballpark. And then at that point, you need to hire a jetting specialist that, like, my day rate would be, like, if I had to come and jet your KTM 525, it's not that hard to get the carburetor out. Eh, 1200 a day. I'll come and get that thing working tits. And then w- what will happen at the end of that day is you will take that well-jetted bike home, sell it, and then buy a KTM 500. Just saying. See how I always tell people what they need before they even need it, right? Yeah, a new bike. <laughs> so save the save save the twelve hundred dollars you're going to pay me to come with you, um, and just put that money towards the 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 five hundred, and then then because 
the 500 will jet itself. <laughs> uh, do we have any other thing that's important, Logan? Uh, the real reason for the hat or the semi-real reason the package is back here. Oh, oh yeah, we got to open packages. That's right, we got some new packages. So this is the next yeah. segment. It's a totally sponsorable segment on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Both of our segments are. It's uh, yeah, Matt's actually reaching out to people that want to do this. Um, Cat probably wants to get in the bag though. So go ahead and rip that thing open. Yeah. This just showed up in the mail today. Luckily, it comes from a sponsor of ours. This makes it easy. This is a uh, Climbs. I can already tell because I actually kind of broke it open a little bit. This is Climbs new 2020, probably 2022 Dakar gear. Yeah, put the cat in the bag. It's plastic. It doesn't say do not put cat in the bag, right? Anywhere? Then you can do it. Yeah, go for it. Look at she's totally excited about this. She's like, yeah, let me <laughs> in. Yeah, see, this is good. The, now we're see now we're combining two. Big traffic generators. Yeah. Cats and opening boxes on the show. You never thought we could get to this level. I never thought. Uh, so it's a new colorways. Look at this. Let me check. Let's open it up here. Open up the other bag because I think it's the pants too. Uh, I don't know how to get it. Oh, here we go. See, I hope that if you're listening to this in a podcast, oh, you're yeah. getting all jealous because you get to hear us opening up packages. It's like Christmas around here. <laughs> Hopefully. I like this. I like this colorway. This is a gray and uh, gray and black. Oh, check out the! Can you see the, the the logo? It's doing something funny in the lights. Reflective. Reflective or something? Yeah, the the logo is cool, but the 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 tan kind of reminds me of like a hearing aid. A hearing aid. Yeah, yeah, almost like the color of a hearing aid. Right. So this is what you're gonna see Jimmy wearing in his next off-road video. If I do, I've got you in my pocket. I've got I've got pockets, so I don't have to put you in my crotch. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, silver, cool. Because my last pants I've been wearing, I've been uh, wearing the black stuff, and no good in the heat. So, yeah, look at that new the new Dakar line. It's got it's got zipper. Check this vent out. You're like, listen. Yeah, that's not what you think's gonna come out. That's just a vent there. Oh, Selma found the other. Found, found some boxes. To hide She's in. in there shopping for the T-shirts. Yeah, the old T-shirt department. That color's a little feminine, right? I don't know. I like that. Color. You like that color? Oh, yeah. I, Teal. I actually like it more than the other one. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'd rock that. All day. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. It's fine. Yep. Uh, yeah, so it's a teal, teal color. No, it's a, the new colorways. I think a lot of the. Gobble it up quick because I think it's uh, selling out fast, but they'll probably have more stock a little bit uh, a little bit later. So thank you, Climb, for actually longtime supporter. Um, and I've been wearing Climb since they first got into the dirt bike stuff, and I'm still wearing it because it's actually really good. And I think the cat's going to cause a lot of problems in here. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a really bad idea <laughs> overall. Now she thinks now she probably thinks she can come in here at any time she wants. But uh, okay, uh, dear Climb, we need bright colors to avoid head-ons. Um, I don't think that's gonna help. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we have somebody that's done that before. You, I've done. I've had a couple head-ons on trails. Yeah. It, the gear didn't matter. Generally, it was this. It was. A, a oh, the side by side. Oh. He yeah. ended up in a front seat of the side by side. Remember that yeah. story? <laughs> yeah. It, it it's the kind of the speed of the riding and stuff that uh, makes that difference. Okay. So is you got all that for free? I'm dang lucky. No, I earned it. 
<laughs> yeah, nothing's, nothing's free. Oh, speaking of that, I had something else for you, Logan. Hold on. Okay, so this is we're going to end the show on this on this note, and this goes to you, Jesse, as well too. Um, so I was I was rifling through some of the crap that I had out in my shop. I actually cleaned cleaned my shop up quite a bit, kind of like Logan's going to have to do this cat fur festival that we're having now. <laughs> um, I found this sign that uh, it was it was from the King of the Motos, and it says, uh, "What does it say, Logan?" Easy way. It says easy way. That's all. That's all you need to say. So it's a big sign I'm holding in my hand. Says the easy way. And the funny thing is, when you find out in life, this is your Jimmy's moment of. Uh, pontification um, when you find that you're going easy way you'll find that when you when you start looking at what you're really doing you're doing it the wrong way yeah yeah the yeah. easy way can often be the wrong way there's there's the right way but not it may not necessarily be the easy way so logan i just wanted to you know hand that to you there and uh just so you pay it pay attention to that that sink in a little bit through that taco hat that i made you wear this whole time yeah, the, you really. I think the taco hats for the you. Sh, you should have stopped that before it got as bad as it did, because it's your life is going to suck having to ride a CRF one twenty five for the next <laughs> few months <laughs> while while we're trying to back order all these parts, right? So, uh, anyways, on that note, I think we will uh, see you out on the trail, right, Logan? Yeah. Cheers. <laughs>